I'm waiting for one of y'all to take the intro, so let's do this. Go for it. No, well, y'all do it. I do it every time. Let's hear something yep. creatively That's... sarcastic yet romantically involved out of one of you two boys. Eric, I'll make a deal. I'll edit, and you could do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to the Fits All podcast, where we try to fit it all inside. <laughs> To our limited amount of time. <laughs> That's Andrew disapproving oh. of that intro. <laughs> I think that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty good. I'm dry heaving over here. What's up, everybody? Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, welcome to the Fetzal Podcast, where Tweedledee and Tweedledum talk to dumbass. Interesting. Now I'm wondering which they can one. Figure out who is who, even hey, did, you, did you guys see that review? There's a, there's yes. one, of the, one of the reviews says it's like the greatest couple hours I spend with, with at least two people that I really like. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> two, yeah, two, I figured it was excluding myself. That's I think it genius. was me. I think they're talking about me. That's genius. You'll never what know. The, well, whoever that is, you know, whatever. I hope you stub your toe today. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I was immediately offended. I'm like, he must be talking about me. He must be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he is. So, guys, how you been? I just I'm back in New York. <clears throat> I gotta clear my throat. I'm back in New York. Thank God. I've been running around like a chicken without a head, trying to get certain things done. I, I haven't done a video. Jimmy, in a while. I hate to interrupt you, but I think yeah. it's called. I think the saying is actually running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Like it's, I've been running around like a chicken with his head cut off. That's. I think it's a regional thing. And what do they say so in like Saskatoon? No, chickens uh, don't run around up there. They freeze solid. They <laughs> yeah, it's like really, really easy to catch chickens. <laughs> it's mainly uh, beavers. Uh, I've been just so, so busy, so busy. And every time I turn around, like I'm going to do this with you guys for a couple hours right now. It's in the afternoon on Friday. And then after this, I got to go look at a guy's barn. Guy's got some stuff in a barn nearby. He keeps asking is me to come like look. Is that like euphemisms or something? Yeah, I'm gonna, the barn is the euphemism for his pants. No, this guy yeah. has a, a barn full of old stuff, and he wants me to come look. As far as oh, I can tell. He's got nothing. a little hammer in there he's going to show you. I've never uh, heard of a barn with old stuff in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. One thing that I like to do is buy the contents of the barn and the barn itself. And then take the <laughs> barn down so you have the wood, right? Yeah. And then you have all the stuff. But a lot of times people don't really want you to do that. Have you done yeah, that? Yeah, I'm going to buy your life. I've done it before, yeah, totally. That's crazy. You're insane. How do you have all the time to do this stuff? Well, you know, you just make time for things that you feel are important. That's so poignant. I think we have the title <laughs> of the podcast. Well, I mean, yes. you know, it's true do what you do. Did you get the steam engine yet? No, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been three months. When you first brought it up, you're like, yeah, I'm getting it in two days. I uh, dude, it's been the biggest cluster, I'll tell you. And it's I not okay. Listen, I, I think I told you this. I hired a guy to help me go get it all the trailer and all that ready to where I could yeah. pull it out. And he's hired some other guys. It's just <laughs> turned into this calamity of silliness. Like I could have had it out myself like a year ago. But yeah. I just, you know, whatever. It'll happen. Just be patient. Ask me again until I get it done. It'll happen, I have faith. Nice. Do not need to worry about it. No, I'm not worried about it. Things happen when they happen. I'm yeah. excited when you're done, quote unquote, your workshop slash museum. Yeah. Yeah, that'd hey, be awesome. 
Can I, I want to ask you a question. I saw the other day on Instagram, it looked like, did you have an auction or did somebody who had a shop that looked just like yours have an auction? I saw like tickets on everything. It looked like your place. I was like, that can't be your place, can it? Those are, that was my place, but those were labels that Richard Postman wrote for those oh. ambles. Okay, because I was kind of like on There the will be no auction. No, there's <laughs> no selling. I didn't think so. I was. I, I, I had a maybe... guy. I had a guy who is, lives in South Carolina come a couple days ago, and he brought me this big bag of pastries or big box of pastries and stuff, which I don't eat sweets, so whatever. But it was a nice gesture. And he was adamant about buying something, and I just couldn't find anything to sell him. <laughs> Not even and a screwdriver. Finally, toward the end, and he he pulled out this big wad of cash. He's like, "Dude, I want to buy something." I said, "I just don't feel like I have anything to sell you." <laughs> I just wasn't in the mode to, you know, I didn't want to. He's like, "Well, how can I buy something from you?" I said, "Well, I post things occasionally on Instagram for sale. I mean, you just have to be fast because they go That's quick." Funny. Did you sell that crazy power hammer? That thing that that does this like frantic, yeah. yellow, crazy frantic machine. Yes, dude. You know what you should do right now? What after this podcast? I mean, is go down to Jersey City, New Jersey, which I've heard is quite a. Well, the guy that went for me yesterday said it's the armpit of America. Yeah, that's where I got my Bridgeport Mill. That's where I got my mill in Jersey City. This shop is literally, literally, throwing stuff in the dumpster and having it hauled away, like stuff from the turn of the century. Why? Because they just don't want it anymore. It's in the way. Whoa. Is Parts and Restoration know about that? You guys know Dave. He's probably <laughs> living in the dumpster. He's <laughs> no, in there. And they're throwing he's it waiting. He's waiting. He senses it. <laughs> so I sent a friend of mine yesterday to go and make a deal with the guy to buy this. I bought a bunch of stuff from them. But my buddy, he's a you know corporate CEO. He's, well, he owns his own company. And you know he pulls up in his Tesla and his business suit and all this. And he was like, dude, there's this really great hey bud and anvil there. I was like, take it with what? you. No. And he's way. like, I, I'm in my Tesla. I've said, great. Elon Musk would love the fact that you stuffed an <laughs> anvil on the back of the Tesla car. And he's no like, way. I just don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do that. I said, all right, just tell him we want everything. We'll take it off. Take it off. Take it off. So and then, you made it the deal to buy the whole place? Yeah, but then everything's still bolted to the ground. Dude, there's a rolling mill there. There's all this stuff that they are literally like giving away for pennies on the dollar. Right? Whoa. Are you buying it? I mean, did you really buy the whole place? I didn't buy the whole place because my buddy just didn't want his guys to have to mess with unbolting machines, and they didn't have a forklift big enough to lift the rolling mill and some of this other crap, so it's kind of a cluster right now. Oh, man. Wow. That's why I need you to go, so you can, like, unbolt and load. Those are rare. uh, You know, there's just, like, not enough time to get all the good stuff. You got to outsource it. When you make obligations like I have, I owe videos to certain entities and I have to make things and I've been away for four weeks and I get back and I have to hit the ground running with the class, which which went very well. The, the first class went really good. I got a bunch of Ameribrade grinders. I think Taylor would say, let's clone you so I can bone you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Exactly. Idea. Clone you, so I got time to bone you. I'm sorry, that was so out of line there. But no, that's no, true. It's true. I like I, it. I, like like every day, I got to tell Brett. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to do these four things I forgot about. And so he like wanders around the shop, just like doing nothing. I mean, doing something, but we're not focusing on getting a project done. But 
It's uh, the other it, day when y'all were carrying something out of that bed of the truck. You had like a bunch of guys help you. I forget what you were carrying. Oh, we moved my plasma cutter. That was before the Dude, knife class. So funny, like you, you like stood next to this one guy, Goliath, this massive guy who had eaten every cheeseburger he'd ever seen in his life. And then there was you. Is like, dude, where's Jimmy's ass? No, I don't have one. <laughs> I was like, he's gonna trip over his pants because there's no ass holding them up. Oh my god, I don't like having long body shots of me because I I, I look like I look like stilts on like stuffed into a potato. That's like yeah, but like how much it. how much do your pants weigh with all the stuff in it? Yeah, I actually want to see your butt cheeks. <laughs> no, you don't. I'll I'll put it up on Instagram. Do they like little miniature coffee beans? No, 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 no. That's no. it. I don't even know what they look like. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, <laughs> how were the Ameribraid grinders? Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, they were amazing. They gave me a good deal. I, I bought four of them, and they gave me a good deal so that I would shout them out. Did I tell you I bought Ameribraid grinders? Did I tell you? <laughs> no, no. They've been... Did you put the controls, the variable speed controls, behind the machines? Well, a funny thing happened. Patrick, my electrician, thought that they would get soured up with the, the grit from the grinder. So it was his idea to put them on the back. And then everybody was, like, reaching across the running belt to turn them on and off. And so we... Like, we, rip their nipples off when the thing's, like... Yeah, we quickly fixed that. When Steve... Like, I let Steve be in charge. Steve was the knife maker teacher, so I let Steve be in charge. And Steve said, no, they have to be next to the machine so you can control without the risk of getting your nipples rubbed off. And we did that. We moved them right away. Patrick just thought like that the, those control boxes would get would get the, the the lots of debris in them, but they're pretty sealed tight. And those honestly, those machines are really good because I have two I have two uh, 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 Beaumonts, and I got like right. kind of I guess the low level Beaumont, which doesn't have a, a VFD or a speed control, and you could stall them all the time. So I got uh, when it, when he asked me what I wanted for Meribred, I said give me two two at two twenty and two at one ten just to compare. And they both. What are y'all? They they they're, they're unstoppable. You, uh, you know you can't stall them. Well, who makes the very best belt grinder? I don't know. You would know that. What is what is the company that Eric. makes that like three by three by eleven foot belt? What is that company? Listen, the very best is made by Burking, but no one wants to yes. buy them because they're so expensive. They're period. very expensive. From there's like you know seven thousand dollars for. What is a the belt name of it? Grinder. Burking, they're the best of the best. B U R R King. Mm. I yes. went to uh, I went to uh, Brett and I went to uh, Baltimore Sword and Knife, the guys that do the All Me Channel. I don't think they're doing it anymore, but they're the guys that did like the makeover for all the gaming swords. And they had like four or five of these grinders. It's a three inch wide belt and it's eleven feet long. That's how long the belt is. So you could stand in like the yes, those comes... are the good ones. <clears throat> what is that brand? Do you know that brand? Kimakarabasaka. <laughs> yeah, Japanese. Chima, can I say that? No, no, no. It's it's made in like made in like New Jersey or upstate New York or something. Yeah, the really big bell grinders that yeah. look like basically uh, like oh. a pedestal grinder with yeah. giant long belts on. Yeah, I was gonna get are one those, of those. What are those? I need one of those. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you don't have one. I forget what they're called. Better remember the name of them because uh, this guy had one. He was gonna sell it to me, and then. I just never heard from him again. And then yeah, I contemplated class. one of those for the wrench finishing because they do, you know, you can get up to like six six inches wide and, you know, like 11 feet long. Like you could remove some insane amount of material and they're like 10 horsepower. Yeah. 
Uh, like literally, it's, it's going to rip things out of your hands if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you can sand your hand off into a nub. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Thanks. one of those, you know, when you get hit with a belt sander, it's, it's instantly white. Yes. You know, yeah. the flesh is white and then it bleeds. It's like, oh, yeah. look, it cauterized itself before it bled. Thank yeah, you. It's perfect. Perfect. They're going to use it now for uh, amputations. When I no, was this a one, kid, it just goes straight to the bone. When I was a kid, I was, you know, uh, you see little kids like using wood shops, and, and I had the same experience. Maybe we all have. And you see a, a big sanding disc, and you're like, oh, I could remove material with that. And you go over to it, and you take like a two by four, and you turn it into like the size of a tennis ball, and you just stand there and burn and burn and burn. And then every once in a while, your thumb or your finger gets caught between the plate and the spinning thing. Oh, that happen? no, thanks. And you like it's lose half. And you lose half your fingertip through your fingernail. It's fun. It's happened to me when I was like ten and twelve years old. <laughs> there's nothing more than there's nothing more painful than just like an open wound across the back of your thumbnail. There's nothing you can do oh. about it. Like when the wind Woo. blows on it, it like it's extremely painful. Yeah. When I was in culinary school, they uh, in the uh, meat class, you know the whatever the guy got his finger cut off the tip of it with one of those Hobart saws. You know the Hobart <laughs> band saws. And I literally watched him do it, and it freaked him out like crazy, oh. crazy, and blood squirting everywhere. I went over and picked his thumb up and put it in the deal of ice, and said, here, oh. you need to take this, take this with you. He's like oh. crying. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> Not really. My dad got me a big band a box. He's like, I got you a box of bandsaw blades. It's like a, a roll, like a never-ending roll of bandsaw blades. Oh, you know, like a normal childhood <laughs> gift. Yeah, at the flea. Well, he found it at the flea market, and he sent me a picture <laughs> of it. And it was. I said, "Oh, Dad, that's a meat cutting blade. It's it's a stainless meat cutting blade, and it's you know, it's whatever. It's like a hundred yards long. It's in a roll, and it's scalloped. It's maybe like I guess you might say like waves in an ocean. It's scalloped and it's sharp from both sides. So it looks just like a like a bread knife that never ends. And it's right. And it's uh, it's like four scallops per inch. And, <laughs> He's like, I never saw a blade like this. I said, yeah, it's because it's for cutting flesh. <laughs> I don't have well, it. I, I got to get it from so, Would it so still silent? work with wood? No, so silence you, of the lambs of you. You know what it does? Because like, if you see a, a sawtooth blade, it actually removes a strip of material. This looks like it's just designed to just slice between. So It, it won't, just it, scratches it off. Yeah, it won't work on wood because it's not actually removing. You understand what I'm saying? Like you push yes. it to wood and it would grab the back of the blade. Yes. The curve is very minimal. Yeah, it doesn't have a rake or anything. Yeah. I Eric, I want to talk about your chainsaw. Are you done with it? It is done. Well, no. <laughs> is it running? You yeah, did, yesterday, I did. Yesterday, you did a live stream yesterday. The damn thing running. Dude, I got so freaking tired of that damn chainsaw that I turned the volume off when it, it's going on his thing. So oh, it does run? Through? It does run. He started uh, it, it with, ran. like, one pull. Yeah, All right, it, was, it actually fired up. too bad. Can yeah, you fire it up fire. right now? Yeah, uh, fire that bad boy up. Let's hear it. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Here come the cattle. Let's go. I actually ran out of gas, so I can't. Even <laughs> oh, I my God. How do you run out of gas after all that months of work on the damn thing? Because, I'll tell you why, I go to pour gas in it, and all of it spills out immediately out of the float bowl. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you know the float got stuck up? No. Um, no sorry, not the, full, not the float bowl, the sediment bowl. The way it's designed is a really uh, close quarters and like just a thumb screw. It's completely round with just knurling on it, and you right. can't get you can't get a very good grip to 
to tighten it down. So I thought, you know, I tightened it down enough, but clearly I did not. Uh, and it just all spilled out. So I lost most of the gas. Uh, so must I don't smell, have it. must smell good in there. Oh, it smells, you know, very gassy. That's, I can't stand the smell of gasoline, by the way. I oh, hate really? it. Really? I hate it. Oh, I, hate, so I hate getting gas in my hands. It's, I can't oh, stand it's my own gas. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it runs really well. It sounded great. Uh, it seemed to have a lot of power. The only thing I have yet to test is to cut something and, if it feels like it loses power during cutting, then I know I have to machine and sleeve the clutch drum. Mm-hmm. It needs because it, it was fairly worn, but we'll see. I don't know. That'll Make be the sure last thing. when you go to cut with this thing, yes. you use, use metal your metal detector. <laughs> yes. Or else you will burn up blades. How many so blades fast. did you burn through on that, that tree stump? Two. Two. <laughs> Two of them. And they were skip tooth chains. You destroyed the chains. Totally, dude. I was like, yeah. why is this thing not working like it's supposed to? You need those carbide, carbide chains. I ordered some. Oh, God. They're like a million dollars. No, the they're, carbide. 40 do- they're $40 more than the other chains. That's worth how it. Expensive, how expensive totally. are your chains? That's so, like it's a, so worth bucks. it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, the, the carbide. They shoot. cut. They cut them to order at the at the uh, Plano Power Equipment place. Yeah, as long as they don't <laughs> ship off. But uh, yeah, don't hit steel with steel. It's not good. Steel it's the with... most annoying thing when with, with a chainsaw. I have three chainsaws. Actually, we have four now, and I have a steel uh, like a thirty-six inch bar, like I don't know, four hundred something cc. I forget what the, num- the number is. Four hundred cc's. I don't know what is. Lord it? have <laughs> mercy, is Nick more in your truck? No, it's like a four, whatever the model numbers are meant to say, 400 series or something. And no one's allowed to touch it. Absolutely nobody's allowed What's to the touch number it. on it, actually? Because I have a 36-inch saw, and it's a, it's a 660i. It, I'm not sure. I could tell you. We could take a break. I can go look at it. It's right underneath My, the floor where I'm sitting. Like, you've not ever ridden anything with 400 cc's, for sure. <laughs> well, the Harley. If you I did. A, I got a Harley with a 105-inch engine. It's still not 400 cc. <laughs> I meant to say the model number. I mean, that's like taking seven jet ski motors and putting them on one chainsaw blade. A 400. Yeah. Do you see those crazy guys that have those like car engines? They got to pick them up together, and the saw blade totally. looks like up and down, and the yeah. saw blade and looks the, like big banana. And they're Race. smallest penises you've ever seen. In racing, life. racing saws. Those well, are actually pretty cool to watch. I was always curious. Oh, though, are they cutting yeah. balsa wood or is that a hardwood? No, they cut uh, just like pine, the softwoods. Yeah, the lumberjack competitions. This one's close. This is 161 cc's. It's still not 400 cc's. <laughs> no, that, that's insane for a chainsaw. I mean, Jesus I Christ, your Polaris ATV does not even have 400 cc's. Oh, like the biggest commercial chainsaws ever, I think are, I don't even know if it's close to 200. You know what's funny? No matter what, use a chainsaw on YouTube, no matter what you cut with it. You could, like, open up a chain out of a box, install it on the chainsaw, and then go cut a tree down. There's going to be some moron in the comments that goes, sharpen that blade. Because Are you a, serious? Because he's a tree trimmer, and he knows, like, by the shape of the chips that your blade needs to be sharpened or, like, something that you're doing wrong. Oh, move out of your mother's basement, I would tell him. Yeah. No, cha- <laughs> chainsaw, chainsaw comments are the best. It's like yeah, everybody's I'm, an expert. I'm waiting 
I'm waiting for those because this saw, like a lot of older chainsaws, they don't run the chain as fast as modern saws. They, they were just all torque all the time. So you just have a, a really slow chain. It's, it's a slow cut. but so It's like it's cutting cut. a piece of marble in a quarry, basically. But yeah, it's a tree. but, you know, it's better than by hand, so calm down. What do you want me to do? Change the gear ratios in the transmission? Like, calm down. Yeah, sharpen that blade. Yeah, I did. I had to regrind this whole chain. It was done by hand for years and uh, not adequate. So I'm going to leave you guys alone for a second. I'm going to go get the chainsaw so I know what the model is. It's, right, it's, it's like, like 10 feet away. It's 10 feet away from you. You guys can make fun of me while I'm gone. Go. Okay. Why would we do that? Wait, Look at that ass. Look at that uh, ass. Look at that ass. <laughs> by the way, I have, I have earbuds on. I can hear you, so don't say anything. Ha what? Do you have an ice pick in your pants? What I'm saying his, pa his pants are... 30 to 40 pounds minimum. I'm telling you, he needs to surgically have those buttons installed on his back like the strippers have. Yeah, that's Not how that he lost weight so him, easily. He just took his pants off. So tell me about this. You reground your saw. Like I got this two-in-one sharpener when I was there the other day getting new chains where it does the the top and the bottom of the, the, the chainsaw. Like uh, the rakers? Yeah, so the ra he said sometimes the raker folds down or something. Uh, no, like you would have every time you sharpen a saw, not every time, but if you sharpen a saw so much that the raker in front of the, the cutter, there's like a raised cutter that, um, controls the depth of cut. Right. If that's higher than the actual cutter, it's never going to cut. So you need to file that down. There it is. That's a little saw. What is that? A five, four, six, four, sixty one. There you go. Yeah. See, 461cc. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably, I don't know, seven, 60 to 70 is my guess. I have no idea. I don't remember. Did you pull that rag out of your pants? It was, yeah, it was in that's my That's interesting. He just wipes chainsaw bar oil off his hands and then wipes his, like, his tongue and his teeth and his nose. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I offset to it. The underside. Jimmy, how are you still alive? I don't know. I really don't. It's That's unbelievable. He, he cooks his food in chain oil. <laughs> it's, it's the best. In, in bar oil, like, uh, yeah, just go ahead and just uh, sear that steak off in a little bar oil. No. You know, My, I, our best friend actually uses canola oil for the bar oil. No kidding. Oh, really? Yeah. He's an arborist too. He like he goes through it so quickly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> is that cheaper for him to do that? Very much cheaper. Well, we grow the world's most amount of canola in the history of time right here, so it's very cheap. They, like, give it to you in a street corner and stuff? Yeah, they're just, uh, you know, canola chugging contests. Oh. Rivers of canola. Now I just flowing. wiped my mouth right where the oil was. So now I can you can go really ice skating on the canola ice skating ring. <laughs> yes, on the, on the canola oil fields. Yes, yeah. So I have, uh, we bought last year, because you guys know Taylor injured herself with a chainsaw? No. No. The, story. Yeah, was, the, the, the day of my 50th birthday, I was in Atlanta, but I drove home that afternoon. And oh, I just so arrived, like 25 years ago? <laughs> yeah, like two years ago, I arrived home on April 3rd, and as I got out of the car, Willie came over to me and he goes, hey, Dad, don't, he, goes, he calls me Dad, don't ask why. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, let's stop for a minute, because yeah. that really freaked me out. Hey, Dad, he, Willie's like twice as old as you. 
Willie's 65, I'm 52, yeah. He's got, yeah. it's some weird, oh, it's I like, he has this weird habit of like, anybody he starts to respect, he starts calling them dad. It's the weird, I've seen, I've heard him do it to other people before I got to know him. It's weird. It's so weird. He comes, I heard him call Eric's sister. Yeah. He goes, hey, sister. So he, he, he Willie comes me, over daddy. to me. Willie comes over to me and he said, he goes, don't get, don't get upset. Everything's okay. But Taylor was injured with the chainsaw. I said, what happened? And I go inside and she's laying in bed with a leg up. She was, had a, it was like, it was a pull on. Was her leg still attached? Yeah. No, she had a pull on. I have a pull on. Is that the right way to say it? A pull on? The, yeah, the, the, the junk you buy from Harbor Freight or sure. whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, we did a TV show, and then they ended up giving it to me after the show. Anyway, it was idling, and she was holding the bar so, like the side of the handle, so the, the, the blade was like perpendicular to her thigh. And she reached up, and it was she didn't realize she, she, it bumped her thigh through her jeans, and it gave her about a six-inch gash on the side of her leg. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty bad, right through her jeans and everything, obviously. And, and it looks like uh, you could see where the... the Hit the like the height that like the, the the crest of a leg and left like two little tiny like fins at each end. Anyway, it's a pretty bad cut. They had to like pull it all together. Didn't cut any muscle or anything. But so from that point on, she's like, I want an electric chainsaw. She's like, I'm never gonna touch a gas chainsaw again. She could have easily just put the brake on before, when she wasn't using it. She didn't realize yeah. the or the pants. Yeah, no, it cut through her chainsaw pants. pants. Oh yeah, no, the, the chainsaw pants. pants. Yeah. Anyway, I got the Dewalt. You know the Dewalt uh, battery operated chainsaw. Yes. And it's actually really good. The only one thing happened is the battery burnt. Like after the first couple of weeks, the battery stopped taking the charge. And because I know somebody at DeWalt, I told them and they said, send it to me. And I, he said, thank you, because he's in product development. He said, send it to me. I'll send you a new one. And uh, he wanted to be able to just analyze what happened. But it is actually really good. And you know, it's like yeah, on demand. Getting, you, don't have to, you, know, you don't have to fiddle like every spring. It, it takes like hours to get some of these POSs to start again. Yeah, 100%. I use an old steel electric, not battery operated, um, for my sawmilling to just stop and go with uh, cutting off pieces that won't fit through the bandsaw mill guides. But Mm -hmm. it's awesome. You don't have to worry about anything, especially in the cold when it's like negative 40. Yeah. It's nice. And the power's, uh, well, the power's really good on the plugged in one, but the battery ones are getting pretty close. I used to have an old electric mall. It was a plug-in one, an old red, red, yes, like real. I think I know which one you're talking about. I ended up giving it away. I forget who I gave. We were doing like a major cleanup, and I gave it to somebody. I wish I would have kept it just to hang on the wall. But my dad got it somewhere, and and every time I went to use it, the blade would come loose because the bolt that held the blade was kind of stripped out. Anyway, that was the grid saw. I did. I used it in a video once, but again, it's like it's all torque and slow. So it's it's like. It's like cutting a piece of marble. You got to like yeah. get ready, hold your angle, and just like get a coffee and put on a good podcast, and then just let it cut through the wood. Yeah. The so second, for me, an electric say, chainsaw is just the thought of it is nauseating. I, <laughs> I just can't wrap my arms around it. But on the same side, maybe I'm a hypocrite because I recently got an electric angle grinder, and I love it. I and I've got like 20 wait, plug-in so, angle so grinders. You re- so you had a gas-powered angle grinder. No, I'm just saying. I'm just. You, I'm giving you like battery. the bat, the the battery world. Like you need battery, for, yeah. For a chainsaw, if you don't have a gas powered chainsaw, then I, I just don't understand. Yes, but, they're the electric ones, especially the battery chainsaws. They're still not as powerful. 
you know, just, like those, they're not pulling the same amps. There's just not enough power. You can stall those out easily, but if you're just doing normal stuff and infrequently cutting things, it's it's fine. It's yeah. just the problem that it's expensive as hell still. The easiest thing about it is it's power on demand. You just pick it up and yeah. pull the trigger. You don't have to stop and start it every 20 There's minutes. There's no centrifugal clutch. There's no carb. There's no gas. I, I like all of that stuff. I like it. I want to well, see a chainsaw run and rip <laughs> and be loud and yeah, obnoxious. If you're, if you're cutting a tree down and you need to you know, trim a tree or, or process some, some heavy logs, a, a gas-powered chainsaw is your way to go. But when Taylor and I, Taylor mostly built this bed, she built a bunch of flower beds in the back with uh, a bunch of rough-sawn rough dimensional lumber. And to make the joints and everything, she just kept picking up the electric chainsaw. Instead of having to, like, stop and tug on the damn thing, and it starts on the third pull every time. And, yeah. you know. Just you know, the going. still professional steel saws, not the ones you buy at Home Depot or wherever, mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. real ones, start every time. The ones that are made in Germany. Well, my, mine, has, mine has compression relief valve, so it's, it makes it easy to pull. It starts almost every time. And I keep, uh, what is that stuff in it, that, that special gas that doesn't go bad over the winter? I actually did a commercial for True this. Fuel. Yeah, Stay so, built. So I keep True Fuel in it, and it starts every time. I but run I also, True Fuel in everything. But I don't let anybody touch it. Like, Willie's not allowed. Like, it's a standing rule. Nobody's allowed to touch this. I said, And I said, like, because sometimes I have people over here helping me with stuff. And Willie knows to let everybody know nobody touches this saw. So that's why it starts every time. The minute somebody else takes it and I'm not around, the blade will be dull and it will never start again. And there's no explanation for it. Yes. I, I've used True Fuel before. Uh, it's just 91 octane, no ethanol gas. The ethanol is the, is the kicker there. Explain oh, ethanol. You can in case. Okay, so um, starting ethanol at Ethanol is like bubble gum. It's alcohol. But why is it in there? Why do they have it? They they cut the gas to reduce the price. So it's just like it's just it's just additive just to extend it. It's, it's just, like drug dealers adding yeah. Sudafed to cocaine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was it's basically say that, cheaper but... cheaper than gasoline, so just throw it in. Um, the issue is that it started. I forget when it started. Maybe the nineties. The the parts in the old the older stuff just aren't meant to sit around in alcohol. You know, like the carburetor diaphragm and all that. Uh, it's just not meant to be. But you can go online and find which local gas stations to you have gasoline that doesn't have ethanol in it. Or you could just buy the true fuel. Yes, it but it's like, you know, five bucks for two liters. I'd rather mm. spend that five bucks and fiddling around in the spring trying to get all that shit going again. No, it's more like I have a tank, like one of the tanks, but in the shed, is just filled with the non-alcohol, non-ethanol, like 91 octane, yeah. and then I'll, I'll add oil as I need it for whichever ratio. So, to, so just to, to clarify, ethanol simply has nothing to do with running the motor. It's just an extender. Well, it'll burn. Like, but, but I'm saying it's, 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 not, it's, not the, the, it's not the ingredient that's going to cause a spark. Uh, it, well, it would. It's just not as powerful. Like, right. octane is eight carbons or something. I forget. See, I um, never knew this. When I see, like, when you look, when you go to buy gas and there's three grades of gas, I always go for the cheapest grade of gas. And then I have friends that are, like, super uptight. I'm like, every time I've ever put any different grade of gas in any car I've ever owned, I've always gotten about 170,000 miles out of a car before I decided to get a new one. And 
it's never ever run any different deciding no for a car don't worry about it like higher octane even on cars that aren't supposed to do it like you can get engine knocking and things like that like that for cars just don't worry about it but for we're we're talking about stuff that sits around for a while that you use occasionally if you're just leaving like ethanol gas in a chainsaw where the diaphragm it's just gonna slowly deteriorate it it'll probably be fine but we're we're just talking about if you want like this chainsaw that I restored, I want it to last as long as possible, so I'm just going to avoid that. Right. Can general, I actually have that chainsaw? I would like to have that chainsaw. You would like to have it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's mine. No, I would like to have it, really. Just send it down. Yeah, I'll just send it down. It's mine. I mean, I, I want to have something that you spent nearly a year redoing. Oh, my God. This thing, just to send it here, was like $400. Great. I'll pay that. Send it down. <laughs> When you die, I'll send it back. It can be your headstone. You guys want to hear a funny story about old gas? So I bought this old truck. Years ago, I did a video where I I bought a a Chevy C10. I bought the whole truck intact. So I'll go back a little bit. I got this job to do, make a truck bed into like a liquor cabinet. It was my idea, and they, they they ran with the idea. And so I was trying to find a truck that I could actually salvage the bed, use the bed for the project, but also keep the truck. So I looked around for like an old truck, and I was like, you know what, let me just, I'll get two out of the, two for the price of one. And I got this 1972 Chevy C10, which was a complete rot box. And I got it running and everything, ultimately. I changed the rot gas tank. Box. It was, the rot could, box? Yeah, everything was rotten. Everything okay. was rotten. But I was able to use the bed on it and use it, and I, got, I sold that job and got the bed done and everything. Uh, but the gas tank was filled, and the truck hadn't run in 20 years, 18 years. So I got the gas tank out of the truck, and I put a new gas tank in and everything. And me and Willie poured all that gas into a gas can. It was about 10 gallons of gas, two gas cans. And now we had these two gas cans that if you went anywhere within like a 15-foot radius, you smelled like this fragrant fragrant old gas. And we didn't know what to do with it. And uh, so I said, I came up with a genius idea because I didn't want to just pour it in the grass. There was no drains around here, which you shouldn't do it anyway. And I didn't know what to do with it, how to get rid of it. So I said, I got an idea. I'll just cut regular gas with the bad gas for like a year until it's all gone. Holy so. mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> Holy so mackerel. every time we got like a five-gallon bucket of ga- a gas, we'd pour a little bit into the machine, and then I'd cut a little bit of the dirty gas and, and slowly got rid of it until it was about, we had about five gallons left. And then at one point, Willie put too much in, and whatever it was just wouldn't start. We had to drain it all out. It was like a 50-50 mix, and it just wouldn't start. So we drained Note it all to out. self, never buy any of Jimmy Dresta's <laughs> used gas-powered equipment. That's on, like, 1970s gas. Yeah, Powered by good. gelatinous gas. Yeah. It, it was like, I forget what color. It was kind of like brown, I guess, as opposed to, like, a nice pink gas. It was nice. A pink. Pink gas. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so oh. actually, I, Willie, Willie, one day I came out and go, Where's the what happened to the five gallon? He goes, It's gone, don't worry about it. I was like, Where is it? He goes, Don't, don't ask worry it's about it. <laughs> it's gone, it's gone forever. Guys. I it's drank gone. it, it's gone. Maybe you don't drank worry it. About it. Okay, so true fuel for me here is 10 bucks a liter, mm-hmm. which would be 40 bucks a gallon. It's about the it's same. 20, it's twenty bucks a gallon here. Is it? Is that how much yes. it is? Yeah. 
because gas gas for me generally is a dollar thirty a liter. So you guys have really cheap gas in the states all well, the time. You can go out to like a municipality airport and get Av gas with no ethanol in it. Well, just look up on that website I was talking about and find which ones of your local gas stations don't have. Ethanol. I wasn't I wasn't up. paying attention when you gave that uh, app website. Oh, really? Let me find that for you, and I'll share it for the listeners. What What is Av Gas? You can actually go get it. You got to go buy it. What do you How are you gonna have? Yeah, aviation gas. Hundred LL. And what is aviation gas compared to regular gas at a gas pump? It's the purest, most ethanol-free gas you can get. Like a hundred and two octane. It's a hundred LL. A hundred hundred LL. Let it. Let it. Is yeah, there so lead, you is there to, lead in that gas? Did a B-42 bomber just fly over your house? <laughs> Me? Somebody. I told you, every time a truck goes by Jimmy's house, it's like an airplane's landed. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought for sure I was about to see it, like a bulldozer like run through his house. Yeah, I, I didn't even you. hear it. I'm like so used to it. I didn't even hear it. So Dude, I hear puregas.org. Pierre? No, P-U-R dash gas.org uh you can put in your city and you can or your state i guess and you can find which stations closest to you have ethanol free gas and then just have your own kind of small small engine gas tank that you fill up and now you're good to go what where do they get ethanol what is that made out of like plastic ethanol's made uh could be made out of corn could be made something else there are great podcasts i'm learning so much there are legal limits at least in canada like i don't think you can have more than 10 or 15 percent of your gasoline be ethanol um but it's it also i have no idea what he's doing it get the uh is that a a a canon d80 he's showing puregas.org and it pulled up a walmart (laughs) site for a 419 Canon TS ESO Rebel. I feel like you're not, you're not using the phone for Everly. No, probably not. <laughs> it's not how to do it. Yeah, it's also, I guess, a good way to have, uh, I guess, renewable fuels cut into normal gasoline. But at the same time, it's just not the best for the, the older chainsaws. What What is pure P-U-R-E. Dash gas. Oh, dash. Thanks for the dash there. I said the dash. And you have to add the E to the end of pure. Kind of is important. Is that part of it? Kind of important or whatever? Yes, also. Yeah, like there's a... What do we have? In town here, there's basically the Costco. The Costco gas for us. Is uh, Jimmy? Are you googling this right now? At ninety-one no, no, no. octane, you just sat with... back and like two feet away from your thing, and you're playing with a razor blade. Like, all right, he checked out. No, 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 no. Somebody sent me a question about that razor blade, so I just had to answer it. Sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, I'm wiping so... the oil off my. I got oil on me. Look, I got oil on me. I'm involved. So, Jimmy, tell us about your experience uh, over all in all the the TV show experience. Sound like it went pretty good. This time it went good. Yeah, this time I knew what to expect. You know, you know you're going into a, like a MacGyver situation, and I call those situations where you know you're going to have limited resources, limited tools, limited nails, 
And so it was that kind of situation the first time, which got me very frustrated, which is why I didn't have a very pleasant experience. But this time I went in knowing what to expect, knowing like, like the first time I was like a little, I was like a little bitch with like a wet diaper going, they should have this and they should have that. Why don't they have this? And I just couldn't get out of that state of mind, which was my own fault. But this time around, I went in being more, more like, let me solve this puzzle. I, I know there's limited resources. Let me just do the best I can with what I have. And it was a different state of mind. Then I had a better experience and had a lot more camera time, which is not, obviously it's good for me, but not more camera time in the way of like, oh, look, I'm, 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 I'm this guy, I'm that guy. More camera time in the way that I got to solve real problems with these young people learning for the first time. And so there was lots of real teachable moments which is going to be good for TV, you know, which is what we're all doing with teaching. So yeah. for that, for that point of view, from that point of view, it's, it's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to use. I don't know what they, what they're going to use ultimately. Um, but there was a lot more of that this time. Like it last time there was like two of those that I remember this time. There's like 20 moments where I was able to show somebody on camera how something worked. And there was like an aha moment from that person. And, and you know, everybody went away smiling. It was very nice. So, so cool. were the contestants, were the contestants uh, like less experienced than last seasons? Well, you know what? They do a really good job at getting a group of people that have the same somewhat level of experience. It's hard. I mean, it's so it's I don't know what the right word is. It's subjective, objective. When you put 10 people in a room and you say make art, OK, your art is the best. That's like impossible to say what's yeah. good and what's bad because. Some people come up with like the most clever, inventive idea, but they do it in maybe a sloppy way. And the person whose idea isn't so good is done, executed perfectly. And so you got to really like, okay, what, what, what are we judging on? Like, are we judging on originality? Yeah. Are we judging on perfect execution? Wow it's factor. Like, uh, it's like food, basically. It's, it's, it's next to impossible to like, I, that's why I'm so glad I'm not a judge. There were several moments where... I, I turned and I just said, thank God I'm not a judge on the show because I wouldn't know what to do. I really, it's like yeah. so difficult and you, you, you know, and you, you really got to make sure that they know they're not being invalidated. It's just like this moment in time, this person is the one that comes out ahead for whatever reason, you know, and it's that they always don't seem like valid reasons, but like I said, I'm glad I'm not doing that. But overall, all the contestants felt good about what happened. You know, nobody was like super upset and, you know, it was uh, it was always touchy though when you, you like, like I went, like I I would get I would get nervous. I can't really confront yeah. that kind of stuff. And there was a, <laughs> I'm talking too long. They're making fun of me. There was uh, moments in time where I I knew the judging was going to be very difficult, so I would just go disappear. I'd go into my my room and just work on emails, and then come back and be like, okay, what happened? <laughs> like, Are you serious? Yeah, I couldn't be there. It was it was too it was too like you know I don't know. You get the juice you're, chills. You're you're not like, a a confrontational person at all is what you're saying. No, I am when like somebody deserves it. I, I'll I'll call out anybody. I will absolutely yeah. call out anybody and put them on the Did spot. Did you forget the three ounce framing hammer? Come on. Yeah, no, it's uh, but it's <laughs> when it comes down to like this four people. How can you all run the battery powered chainsaw with no batteries? Yeah, when it's when they all deserve a pat on the back and a you know add a boy. It's hard to yeah. pick the one who doesn't because that's basically what you're doing. Yeah, you know, you're like you're all great, but you just had that one thing. You're invalidated, you know. And it's it's really hard for me to do that. It's even harder to watch. I mean, it's hard to watch. It's harder to do it. I should say. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch then. I like for everybody to win, so it would be hard for me to choose. You know, <laughs> everybody won a trophy. 
I'm like, everybody wins, so great competition. But it's I will tell not you this. Be one single winner. No, I will tell you this. At the end, when, when I see the, the person that won, I don't want to give any clues away, but the person that won, when that person won, there was, there was a lot of like tears and hugs, and I was right there, and I was crying like a baby. Just because oh my god so emotional yeah oh ricky ricky lake you're like ricky lake, <laughs> ricky lake. because yeah. that person didn't expect to win they, they 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 got far but they didn't expect to be the winner so okay is that person male or female i can't say that's why i'm you keeping, it, gen- I'm keeping yeah. it genderless i can't but it was uh, it was good both. i think <laughs> oh that's kind of boring let's talk about the winner <laughs> You never know these days. What, what was the age bracket? Are they uh, 20 uh, to 30? 30 the age 40? bracket was like uh, probably older. Well, actually, we had of some. The winner. Of the winner. The age bracket okay. was 19 to like 38. That was that was the, the contestants. Huh. So somebody between 19 and 38 won. So was the winner huh. younger or older? He can't. He can't say. I'm just going to bug him about at it. At a risk of getting sued, I can't say much more. Yeah. Council. Okay. Oh, like, like council's telling me I should keep my mouth shut. Okay. This is a congressional hearing. Thank no, you, I, my litigious you. council members. <laughs> Let's talk about <clears throat> this uh, grinding shop that I went into the other day. Oh, wait, holy wait, crap! Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Are you going to be on TV soon? Yeah. What do you? What can we see? On TV? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we do. What are you going to see? As a, I'm as not, a, he's I'm not telling you anything, just like you're not telling me anything, Bubba. No, you have you going to be on TV? Yeah, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the newest version of, of uh, the Wonder Years with Winnie Cooper. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, no, so is uh, you you have a TV thing brewing? Is it moving along? You talked it about is, it once. Yeah. And uh, we, 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 might, might we see you one time soon on the big boob tube? I, I, yeah, I would assume so. I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say because I don't <laughs> ever read the emails. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, but something's coming. I did, I did have to sign with a talent agency and yeah. you know all that stuff. So right the talent. It was kind of funny. I, I. Uh, the production company was like, you know, you need to get representation. I was like, for what? You know, <laughs> like I will represent Talk to my myself. Wife. And they're like, yeah, they're like, no, you just don't want to do that. Anyways, I went through this whole deal and you helped me actually. And I talked with your agent, Jimmy and super nice guy. And yeah. it all boiled down to, I just said, you know what? Who's the best? I want, I want the best. And I right. told the production company that, and they were like, well, the best is, CAA, but they're not going to talk to you. Nah, they won't nah. even like. They won't even talk to you on the phone, or you know, don't even try. And so, anyways, I end up signing with CAA. <laughs> How'd you make the connection? Did you just call it? No, I, my good friend Dave Faraday, the PGA golf commentator, mm-hmm. uh, is represented by them. So I just called him and I said, Dave, you know, hook me up with CAA. All right, let's do this. And like ten minutes later, it was done. That's crazy. Wow. Let me well, ask you. Uh, I want to ask you about your uh, your your associations in, in your life. You have a very strange, interesting life. Yeah. You have a very eclectic group of famous friends and and my friend friends. Vladimir Putin and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, how do you know this? How do you know? How do you all know these guys? How do you know these guys? I I don't know. I just uh, like like for instance the, the the army veteran that we lost that you did a really nice little segment on Chris Kyle. Years. 
Yeah. Did you guys grow yeah. up together, or how'd you know him? No, I met him. Uh, I met Chris Kyle uh, as he was retiring from the military. Right. Uh, I do a lot of mentoring for combat wounded soldiers. That's how I very first saw you. I saw you were selling something, making money for the uh, for the for the veteran affairs. Yeah. So, and I've been doing that for like the last ten years, ten or eleven years. Still talk to all the guys that I started with originally. I mean, I like crispy eleven B on Instagram. You'll see him. He's the very That's the first. Big guy. Uh, That's the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call him my calico because he's now uh, multicolored since he's burned over like ninety percent of his body. Yeah. My calico. Yeah. He's my calico cat. But he's probably the nicest guy you ever met, and his story is crazy. But uh, he was the very first guy I started hanging out with right when he's coming out of the hospital. I mean, you know. So that was how I met Chris Kyle as well. And mm-hmm. uh, he was just normal, everyday, just amazing freaking guy. Totally amazing. Yeah. That's cool. You have an interesting, uh, eclectic uh, background. How do you know the golf guy? Coming to is that something you grew up with? So he he has uh, it's called Faraday's Troop First uh, Foundation, mm-hmm. and he has a organization that is geared for mentoring combat wounded soldiers, getting them back on their feet, you know, with housing, all kinds of great stuff. So I always, I I always wanted to be involved in that kind of thing. I do get a lot of I get a lot of emails from from veterans that say that my videos soothe them because of the the, the sound and the visuals and. I always wanted to, you know, I answer those guys back right away and I stay in touch with them as much as I can, but I always wanted to help or volunteer and do something like that. If there's ever anything that just you do it, I can... just do it. I'm going to tell you something that the first event that I did, okay. It was at rough Creek lodge. It was a hunting event. The guys that, that I was kind of helping out, one of them had both legs blown off. The other guy had one leg and one arm. Okay. And he had taken a bunch of, uh, ball bearing shrapnel in his gut so he, I mean, he was really really jacked up and we're hunting you know and that guy with one leg is trying to push the other guy's wheelchair that has no legs and they're laughing and having a good time the camaraderie is unbelievable yeah we sit down for lunch and i was like i had to excuse myself from the table i went in the bathroom and cried like a little bitch i was like these are the most amazing men i have ever been around in my life yeah. ever Imagine if you so, feel yeah. like you have something to complain about, something to bitch about, something to be crazy, you have nothing, nothing Absolutely. compared to these guys. Absolutely. So those guys have changed my life, and, and I've made a lifelong commitment to being available for them. And I would, I would recommend you do the same. I'm telling you, it will make yeah. a difference in your life. Absolutely. I totally agree. And uh, like I said, I've always wanted to do it. I just haven't broken ground and figured out how to do it, but... I'm making myself available to you, so if anything ever comes up and you think I'm a good fit, you let me know, and I'll come wherever you guys go and do it. So I'm going to get you some ass implants. Thank you. That's what I need. No, we'll, we'll do an event. <laughs> when, I, when I come up there uh, on the 10th of July, then we'll, let's get – oh, really, just, dude, getting some of these people that are local, some of these men, women that have been wounded in combat – out of the house, bring them to your shop, let them make something. I'm telling you, yeah. it will make a huge difference in their life. Yep. Huge yep. difference. And it's stuff you're doing every day. It's not going to, it's not going to change anything for you. Yep. You know, yep. absolutely. Let Willie call him daddy. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Incredible. And Eric, you do the same thing. Eric, do you, yes, guys, the, have, uh, do you guys have veterans? You guys have veterans in Canada? <laughs> do we no. have veterans? <laughs> yes. Uh, you guys never fight we, anybody. We do, just way less. <laughs> They're all related to Kim Jong-un. Well, most of them died in the in the great maple syrup wars of the 1950s. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, uh, it would be fun. I, I, I also get those messages, although I can't help out as much because I'm in Canada and it's a little different. Mm. But uh, it, it would be fun. You could host, like, maybe a free class for veterans on just... Yeah, I don't maybe we'll do, like, a blacksmithing class at this place yeah. once I get the, all the facilities totally. sorted out. Yeah, you got that would be fun. Yeah. No, just do it now. Don't don't sort anything out. Just come do now. Do it in podcast now. We can. No, no, it's just because oh. of the schedule with the classes and stuff. But uh, you're listen. Your next knife class. Yes. Have some of those veterans come, and I'll pay for them to come. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, it's really nice. We just did the knife class, and one of the guys in the knife class also booked to be in one other class, and scheduling conflict came up, and he wrote me and Taylor such a beautiful email. He said. I had such a wonderful experience hanging out and being at that class and all the things I never expected to see. He said, I expected it to be good because I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. He said, I'll tell you what, I have an extra space that I bought for one of the other classes. I can't come because I want to give it to somebody. I want to give it to somebody that needs an experience like that to, you know, to boost, give them a boost in life. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would yeah. like to back up just a little bit to where he was saying that he expected it to be good but not that good. Like, yeah. What exactly was he expecting? Well, he said he wanted to. He, uh, well, this is what he, he put in the, like, in the note. He did said, he expect Cheerios and you gave him biscuits and gravy? Yeah, no, or... he said the, the food was unbelievable because Taylor takes a lot of pride and, and she either organizes a caterer. She, this time she kind of half catered it with a friend who's a really good cook and she, she cooked some of the other stuff. So she does always really good food and she's always being very daring with her chef choices and she makes cool stuff. She finds great recipes. And so that's always good. She's a really good cook. And what I'm hearing really, is Jimmy Duresta does not exist without Taylor Forrest. Pretty much. I mean, not these experiences. And then out in the shop, I'm just making sure that everybody's satisfied that they're moving along and that everybody's getting the experience they want and that they're getting some learning and most important learning and that everybody leaves with a net result. So I'll call out. I'm like, okay, today by 2 o'clock, everyone's got to show their first round. You know. And Steve was great. He's like, we're all going to go on 60, whatever, 36 grit. Then once we're all done with the 36 grit, then we're going to go to the next grit. So he kept everybody at the stages, which worked really well, so that we could yeah. all kind of compare and contrast our I work bet. to each other. And then I pulled out the plasma table, which I haven't used in a year. And so everyone's crowding around me, watching me like experiment and learn how to use this plasma table that I haven't used in like, 13, 14 months playing with the software. Then after, you know, after like an hour, I'm cutting knife blanks out of saw blades and, and having fun. So he said the experience of seeing this, he called it a laser cutter. He didn't know. He goes, seeing that, that crazy cool laser cutter that we helped move into place. And just the camaraderie of like having eight guys move this 2,000 pound table and a lot of laughs when we were doing that. My ass got left in the, in the mud. But besides that, we got the, the table in place. Jimmy. And, Jimmy pretty much had a knife class so that people could help him unload things out of his storage container. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, it's funny because it was Friday afternoon and we're all kind of just hanging around waiting for the, the few final students to come and to get started. So it's so Friday evening. We kind of do like an orientation. And so it's, the sun is still up. And the whole reason I've been wanting to buy a, a forklift was so I could move that thing. I want to move oh, that. Oh, really? Thing. Yeah. So I'm looking around. I'm like, there's 10 guys here. I'm like, hey, guys, yeah, I, I got a great that. idea. Let's yeah, you can move the. Let's move move whatever. Positive. So those ten guys saved me 
20 grand, at least for the couple of weeks that I. Oh, good. Get so you don't need a forklift now. I sent you those uh, things. I know. No, I, I want to get an all-terrain skid. I want to get the skid steer with tracks. That's ultimately what I'm going to get. Tracks? Yeah. Tracks I think that's steer. a good idea. You can't beat that at all. Get a Kubota. Yeah. Just do it. Now, somebody else told me about Kubota's deal where you could, like, drive it into the lake and they'll just replace it as long as it happens while you were using that thing. <laughs> yeah, that was me that told you about that. Yeah, you told me that, but somebody else told me the same thing. So that, yeah. like, that put, just puts more of a bug in my, in, my, in my mind to think about that. That seems aggressive. It only happens if it happens, brother. Yeah, no, Kubota's like, got this crazy thing that, like, they'll do full replacement value. Let me ask you guys something. This is a little bit off tool topic, but we haven't really talked about tools yet, so it doesn't matter. Um, Ain't so. I, I use these uh, Duracell ProCell batteries. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they're really good, but did you know that there's, like, different qualities of batteries that you can get? Like, the batteries sure. you buy in the store are pretty much junk. Sure. The batteries, batteries last so much longer. No, that when I was in the toy business and we would do what would be called the try me package, you send the toy out with like a button that's like incorporated into the package. So just when oh, you yeah, take the packaging cool. apart, you throw it away or you have access to the actual button on the object. Having the try me was a very big feature. So we were always trying to decide and split hairs, which, which quality of battery to buy. Because if you're trying to save money, you want to get batteries that are only going to last this long or so on and so on. So buying a battery, there's certain levels, there's definitely certain qualities. So we would have to try out the battery that was cheapest versus the one that was less cheap. And you're taking your That's chances. Because a battery, a, a product with a try-me package on the shelf, even though you know it's not broken, if it doesn't work, you just, you know what? You know logically the battery's dead, but you're not going to buy it because in, psychologically you're like, oh, this thing doesn't work. The try-me right. button. So there's always a balancing act. Right, right. right. Anyway, so batteries, I'm always interested about, you know, batteries, good batteries. <laughs> You can, uh, there was someone that did a little study on them and I think found that the Costco batteries, the Kirkland batteries were the best for your dollar in terms of longevity. Oh, Because wow. they're, they're still made by, they were made by Duracell or something anyways. They're just rebranded with different packaging. I see. I don't know. I'll have to find that article. I can yeah. send that to you soon. Well, I'll tell you I what, just got thing... this uh, really cool Steve Osborne <laughs> spoke shave the other day. Yeah. Oh, what really battery nice. does that use? This uses the uh, Manuel battery. Oh, the Manuel. It's one of the best. That's really They're nice. the ones that last the longest as long as you feed them. What is that rosewood or just stained like beech or boxwood? It's Dude, be. this is totally rosewood. Are you kidding me? Right now, it's, it's all like it's grainy. Four megapixel thing on my deal suck or what? Yeah, I can't. What I like about this spoke shave is is the uh, thumb screws that adjust the height of the blade itself. That's pretty. Really, that is interesting. You see that? Those it's... those style spoke shaves. People should make those more often in videos because they are unreal. Yeah, it's a wooden spoke yeah, shave is. with a blade underneath. Like just unreal. And a little. I mean, it's shirt. even got the brass. Uh, Feeder yeah. part of it right here, you know, like where you throat the throat plate, throat plate. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Yes. C.S. Osborne just did such great tools. You know what? I know. I heard that old tools are good. I heard about that. Their tools. Specifically. T H E I R. Yes. Tools. Yes. So Osborne What's... is only is it hand tools or is it everything? They did leather working tools. They did. Uh... 
they did a plethora. Look at this uh, on the blade itself. Can y'all see that? How they threaded that? Yeah. That's really nice. And I just tap it up. Just tap and die. Yes. No, this is not. Some weird British. Yeah, it's just like... Uh, looks like an aggressive one, thread. It's like a quarter 11. Yeah, see, I would, I, if I was to remake that, I'd go fine. Definitely. I don't know if that's meant as an adjustment screw or just a holding it in screw. It's a, well, it raises and lowers the blade. Yeah. Does it? Those, those, those cap screws are, are locked so that they're locked in place? I guess, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. We will post a photo for people. We will post a photo for people. So, Andrew, do you want to tell us about your family of Camelback drills that you now have? Go. You know what I want to do is I'll, I'm actually going this afternoon to line all of my Camelback drills up of in course. one line. Of course. And then take a picture and watch you shit your pants. How many do you have? Probably at least 50. <laughs> and oh, how God. many are the same brand? I have no idea. Let me tell you why. Here, here's the thing about Camelback drills. One, they are simply amazing, okay? Yes. They are one of the most underrated tools, antique tools that you can buy, right? You can get them for a reasonable price. You know what I'm saying? Like, that big one I posted a picture of, if you got the equivalent of that in a modern drill, it would cost you five grand. Yeah, yes, right. the Camelback drills are still lagging behind in the antique market. So I just buy them all the time because they are going to be incredibly desirable at some point. Look yeah, at the 100%. design. Look at the way they're shaped. Look at how they function. They're orgasmic, period. <laughs> I agree. If you think about this, a blacksmith shop in comparison, the primary things in a blacksmith shop that you always see, anvil, forge, right, vice, the accessories to a blacksmith shop, typically cone mandrel, swage block, right? They're the kind of the afterthought. They're the, the thing you get next, right? Yeah. yeah. So in a regular everyday shop, a jobber shop, as I would call it, you got your normal stuff. The Camelback drill press will be the accessory that at some point gets sucked in and people are going to have to have them because they're so amazing to watch work and they work so efficiently. And like I said, they're orgasmic. So that's yeah, all I have yes. to say now. Yeah, what is the drill? I, I sent you a picture of the other day, that big green one. I, a fan wants to give me one, that big green one. Oh, an A-V, A-V-E-Y. Now that, okay, that is, is a camelback drill on steroids. That it's is like, like a modern like, one, more modern looking. Yes, but it's very fancy, and the it's a twist belt design, but a huge drill, and you can, it has a belt tensioner on it. They're, just the whole thing is way overkill. It's awesome. If you don't go get it, I don't want to be your friend ever again. Well, this I is mean, the story. He said he was kind of pushing me to come get it like today or tomorrow or the day after Easter. I said, dude, I got a lot going on. I said, how about the first week of, like the first couple of days of May? And he wrote me a note, and he was very, he was very apologetic. He's like, well, I'll tell you what. I feel really bad. He goes, my boss gave it to a guy, and then oh, I decided the guy shouldn't have it. You should have it. So I'm hoping you get here before he does so you could take it before the other guy gets it. He goes, now I'm embarrassed. I don't know who should get it. And I said, look, I'll come May 1st, May 2nd. I go, if it's there, I'll take it. If not, don't feel bad. And he goes, okay, cool. 
Gladiator fight to the death. You and the other guy. (laughs) Winner takes all. It's really the only way. But but what what he's upset is the other guy's a salvage guy. So he thinks the guy's going to, like, either take it and try and, like, cash it in for cash or... Why doesn't the guy just take it home and you can get it from his house? Uh, Because, you know, he works at this place. He doesn't have the... He doesn't have a trailer or anything. He drives a Honda Accord. Yeah, so I'm going to go out there. It's about, well, it's listen, about two that, hours from that drill is really a cool drill. I've had two of them before, uh, and, and they work really, really well. Mm-hmm. You guys hearing that? Do you guys hear that when I get a text message? I, I don't know. You guys yeah, hear, it sounds I like know. a B-42 bomber going over. I know nothing. I know. I really want to get one, um, and I will probably do that soon. Do they have them in Canada? Uh, yes. Yeah, there was actually, I don't know, maybe you remember a month or two ago, there was one that I sent that was in pretty decent condition close yes. by. Yeah. And I, I should have got it, but at the time, it was just like, I just, it was You know, still... the should have, could have, would have between the two of you make me sick. Like, let's get your priorities straight, gentlemen. Okay, but at the same time, it's negative 35 outside. Great, hire somebody who can take the thing I just to your house. And I don't have room for it. That doesn't matter. Move the banana phone. The banana phone is essential to a proper working environment. Actually, you know what? I do see some free space in your shop. Well, there's going to be more free space very soon. Oh, because you're moving to the front of the other shop. Well, no, we already moved stuff, but I just, I don't. I don't need, like, the radial arm saw and things like that, so they can go. I'm going to remove the radial arm saw. Uh, and that entire wall, which is over here, right, uh, is just wasted space. And I want to get like uh, machining equipment in there. That'll so. be cool. How was the so new the place? other day? The I went to. Uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, Eric, how's the new place? The place you're working at with the other guy. The new place is awesome. Although uh, we had a f- nice fire in there the other day. What? Do tell. <laughs> Do tell. Starting I have, now. A, I have a fire story too, which is very, very important for everybody. Basically, you know, okay, well, like I'm going to make one up. Then the <laughs> belt, the belt grinder dust uh, went into the dust collector hose and goes into the dust collector, and it's been fine for a month. But uh, it was just building up because there was just kind of too much of a U in the line for it to function properly, and we were just using that shitty kind of. Uh, metal extension spring hose and it just kind of burned right through that and uh onto the onto the wood so that's not good so the not sparks good. were coming out and melting through the pipe and then started a fire yeah basically so it just wasn't collecting now we used like hard metal duct pipe and it, it should be fine but other otherwise it's fine i think we're up to about 150 wrenches a week Wow. Uh, we can ship because I still need to get caught up because I, I just it just takes time. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Uh, just got a new custom design cutter that was like two thousand dollars. <gasps> cutter. Yeah. What does it cut? It cuts Tomatoes? the main slot in the bottom handle in one pass. Oh, the tool itself was two hundred two thousand dollars. Yeah, just the tool. Wait, wow. the cutting head? Is it a cutting the, head? Just the cutter. 
was two thousand dollars. Oh my goodness gracious! Because it's solid, solid carbide. It's indexable with inserts that are much larger now, so they shouldn't break or dull as often. And okay. oh my god! So yeah, we're in, we're in the zone. It's y'all just, talk uh, just like you and I did when he went and got his two horsepower thousand million. <laughs> Chainsaw. Yes. I'm going to get something I want to show you, and I'll be back. Thank you. Yes, so So, uh, the production is up there and should be caught up, I don't know, by the fall, probably. And so now what is the lineup? Is the lineup is the original traditional size and the tiny ones? Is there a third one now? The tiny ones are sold out. Um, I won't be making those until I'm caught up. Right. Um. But I want to do the nine inch next, the larger wrench. Yeah. If possible, I'll do maybe 500 of those. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll get on the screwdrivers. Damn. The screwdrivers. We'll see how that goes. That's, that'll be a lot of prototyping. I'm back. Okay. Oh, Check this yes. out. Yes. You know, the like the razor blades that you. Everybody cares. Yeah, you, you, they have the little uh, you know deal that goes in and out. Yep. Yes. And and when like this part gets dull, the you first part it. gets dull. You just break it off, right? Supposedly, yes. yeah. You, what, how do you do it? You just put it on the side of something, snap it, and you're scared that it's going to cut you. Yeah, I right? usually snap it against something, and I put my hand over it so it doesn't shoot into my eyeball. Jimmy, yeah. you didn't read the instructions. The so. back thing. The back thing that pulls off and snaps it. Oh, he already knows. <laughs> but I'm too lazy You're supposed to, do to pull that. the back piece off and put it in there and snap it and right. then be done with it. Right, but you got to make so sure neat. You got to make sure you pull it back to the uh, to to the to the perforation that you want to snap at cuz if, if yeah. you pull it out like 2 inches and you try and still snap it right at the handle and you just wasted inch and a half of the blade. I feel like I just wasted 45 seconds of this time <laughs> by even bringing this up. You know what I do I when just, I... I just when, learned this. Arturo taught me this yesterday or the day before, and I was like, oh, funny. wow, that's kind of interesting because I'm always scared to death that the blade's going to sh- take my eyeballs out. Yeah, you got to have the little thing over it. You know what? When, I, when I'm in a desperate situation and I have a regular triangle razor blade, you know, like the one that's in these typical holders, like a, like a utility blade, if the tip goes bad, I just grab it with a pair of uh, uh, pliers, you know, lineman pliers, and right. I just give it a quick twist. And I snap off like the first eighth of an inch, and then that rough cut wherever it ends up breaking off gives it like a new renewed tip. You dig? Interesting. Interesting. I get it. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. No, well, I do it good. also I do it with exacto knives too. When the tip when you break the tip off an exacto and it starts to wear, I just grab it tightly with a pair of lineman pliers and just give it a quick twist and it'll snap cleanly right at the where the lineman pliers are grabbing it. And you have a new fresh... How many exacto knives do you think you've bought in your life? I'm going to say at least 3,000. I must... I mean, honestly, I must have had 500 at least. I, I buy them and then, like, within 15 minutes, I have no idea where they are. <laughs> so oh, I go yeah. to the store and buy... It's like Sharpies. Sharpies and exacto knives. One day, I'm going to find... There's going to be, like, under the floorboard of my house, there'll be thousands of both of them. Sharpies and exacto knives. Brand new How ones, funny, old dude. ones. You know, the, and the old ones always seem to stick around. The old aluminum ones... Where no matter how tight you tighten that end, call it, one second later it's loose and falling off because the threads are such a steep pitch. Yeah. 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 Such a pain in the ass. Oh, I'll tell you guys my fire story, which is a really good lesson for everybody listening. So 
It was the other day, I'm at the shop, it was Thursday, I got back from California Wednesday morning, and then I spent all Wednesday afternoon with a group of people from Nike, they wanted to meet me, a group of people came from California to meet me, they, well they were here on a, an exploratory creative trip and they, and they wanted to meet me, so they all got in a bus and came up to my, my workshop from New York, 18 people from the Nike creative team came and hung out with me, it was a really amazing time, so we Did hung out. Did you sign their titties? They got, they got there late, so they got to my shop at like 8 o'clock. We hung out in the shop for a couple hours, and we went to eat late, and then they ended up leaving at about 1 a.m. from uh, Hudson, New York. Anyway, the next day, that day, it was that day, because I remember I was with, in the morning I get to the shop, and I'm like, somebody's welding with, I said, who the hell's welding with uh, flux core wire? It totally smelled like flux core wire. And everyone's like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's the guy next door. I'm like, no, somebody's welding with flux core wire. Like, we don't, like, none of the machines are running have flux core in them. So I was really, like, confused. Then that evening, again, like the wind's blowing and I smell I'm like, why do I smell like flux core wire burning? So now that night I hang out with the people from Nike. The next day, I'm at, I'm, I'm, uh, it's two in the afternoon. I'm at my house and Brett calls me. He's like, hey. I go, what's up? He's like, we just had an explosion. I was like, what happened? The garbage can exploded. What? And one on fire. Like linseed oil rigs? There was, the garbage can was smoldering all the previous day, all through the night, and exploded. <laughs> it, what ha it was a smoldering fire in the garbage can, so faint. That's what I kept smelling. I even at one point wow. when, the night, when the night people were there, I'm like, there's a cloud of smoke in this room. But it was so faint, and, the, and we were burning in the, in the little pot-bellied stove. So I was confused if it was something in there that was burning. You know, if we get a blowback from the wind, the wind sometimes the draft comes back through the stove and the room fills with smoke for a second. So I wasn't totally like, oh, now I need to find what it is. I just assumed it was the potbelly stove. But there was this fire smoldering in the garbage can. We don't know how it started, but a can of paint exploded in the garbage can. An empty can of Krylon exploded. And that's what made the fire start because the, the, the can is like blown out. It like, looks like an explosion went off in the can. The bottom, the dimple is pushed out. And the, Brett was there. If Brett wasn't there, my shop would have burned completely down. He said he heard the boom and he looked. And there was like a two-foot flame, a ball of flame coming out of the garbage can, out of the metal Damn, garbage that's can. Damn, crazy. And it that's was crazy. And the garbage can is parked right next to the wall, the wooden wall that I built Corral Taylor shop in. So that wall would have went up in a few minutes if Brett wasn't there. We would have lost everything. It would have been, it would have been it. So I always have metal garbage cans for this reason, but the most important thing is to keep a lid on them. So now every time we throw something away, we make sure we snug the lid on. Now it could have been oily what? rags because the guy was working, my buddy Ryan was working with WD-40. He kept throwing the rags in there. Or it could have been a cigarette butt because he's not allowed to smoke in the shop, but at two in the morning, he'll smoke and then snuff the cigarette out and throw it away so I don't see it. So to hide the evidence, he burned my whole shop down so I wouldn't notice yeah. that he smoked. Genius. Holy mackerel. That's I, don't know, yeah. I don't know if that was it. Like, we don't know what, what cause my the brothers... The moral of the story is take your trash out every day. Yeah. And definitely use metal garbage cans with lids that stay on. Not just... I have these garbage can lids, like a regular tr metal trash bin, and I put a hook in the bottom of the lid so you can hook it on the side of the can. So it's always right there. You know these metal cans, you take them off, you don't know what to do with them. You gotta like lay them on the floor or put them nearby. I have a little hook so that it stays on there. Now I think what I might do is develop a hinge system. So you got to lift the lid up and close it every time. Since we're talking about trash cans, I'd like to tell you about my little secrets about trash cans. What do you got? You know, I store the whole all, the whole roll of extra bags in Underneath. the bottom of the trash can. I've been yeah. doing that my whole life. Oh, I knew that. you had. I think I, I learned I, it from you. 
<laughs> I know. It's, I, I can't stand when you go into someone's shop and you empty the garbage can. And then there's like, and there's no the bags? more bag. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, where's the bags? Where do we keep the bags? You know? And then I'm you keep like, them you know, in the bottom of the can. You keep yeah, them in the bottom of the can. Okay, I'm yeah, thinking. Okay, if, if a guy comes with a milkshake and the thing gets pierced and then it drips the stuff all over the other bags, then you're mad. But that's a very rare case. Okay. No, when in the city shop, if you threw a garbage, if you threw like a half drank coffee in the garbage can, I screamed at you. I don't want to pick up a garbage bag and have shit dripping on my feet. Can you give us an idea of what that experience would be like? Could you go ahead and scream like we had done that? I want to feel. I want to hear that. From you. Or you know, like when you're in a shop with a crew. Oh, of guys. Jimmy, wait, wait! I want to hear you get mad about. It. I want to hear. You. I want to hear something out of you. That's mad. Get said, angry, which, son. I said, which one of you motherfuckers put this fucking milkshake in here? I would be like, you, I did. What are you gonna do about it? Clean the fucking can, take the fucking bag, put it on the street, and clean the fucking can out and wipe off the other 30 bags. So mad about this. <laughs> I've been there. I'm not joking. Ah, I love it. And then the next minute, he's like giving him a hug, like, good work today. Good work. Great job, guys. Great job. But you know Sorry I even, got mad at you about the whole trash can thing. I'll clean it up. I'll but clean you know it what's up. even more annoying is when somebody is like doing bandsaw work and they throw away a two-pound piece of wood. That has 17 sharp edges on it, and then they throw away like a, a piece of wood that like sticks out of the garbage can by by like a foot, and I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah, because is the you know who the fucking garbage gnome is? Me. I'm the one that's got to cut up your fucking scrap and throw it away. I'm the one that's got to pick the bag up and the bag rips 17 times because you got 40 star shaped pieces of scrap in there. I'm like, yeah, because you, you can't do it while you're fucking working. You can't pick the can up and throw it in the dumpster because when you do that, all the extra bags fall out. No, no. Well, you know, in New York City, I gotta, I gotta, like, I gotta get rid of my trash like I'm smuggling drugs. At night, I gotta make the bags big enough so that they don't weigh fifty pounds each, and I gotta like w- walk with them. They, this is the, this is the, this is the trick in New York City. They have a weight restriction on the bags. Oh yeah, it's gotta be less than fifty pounds. Otherwise, it'll sit there forever like a rotting body. They won't touch it. You and then they'll go. Somebody will go through it and figure out where it came from. So I, if I had bags of what? sawdust, I'd have to reduce wow. them. I'd have both to of us, are, our minds are blown oh, right now. This like, is Manhattan. You're going to regulate the weight? Uh, this is not the TSA or the you know Delta no. Airlines here. No, I would get the bags down to like manageable height, manageable weight, and you'd walk down the street with it, and then you'd put it in somebody else's pile. But you, you got to hang out a minute. You can't just drop it and walk because somebody will yell uh. your name. you got to <laughs> put it down, pretend like you're busy on your phone, text a minute, look around, make sure nobody's noticing you, and then gently walk away while you're texting. That's the move. You can't just like walk up aggressively and put your trash with somebody Meanwhile, else. Meanwhile, in New York City, at least 75 cameras saw what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but unless there's a human head in it, no one really checks, you know. But you really, and I can't put that kind of trash in front of my building. I don't work, I'm not there anymore, so I could tell all my secrets. Jimmy but used I, to wear a ski mask to go take his trash out. <laughs> Oh, once in a while, we would put out a bag with just pure sawdust. And, and I'd happen to be outside, like, getting a coffee when the garbage truck comes. And I'm, like, no longer attached to it because it's just an anonymous bag of garbage on the street. And they throw it in, and the hopper would come and pinch the bag. And, like, a 100-pound puff of sawdust oh, would shoot out of the back of the truck. Oh, man. Pure sawdust. That's great. And, of course, they didn't do they anything care. to pick it up. No, yeah, they, don't they don't care. care. You know, it's just a puff. It's just like a puff in the air. Yeah. yeah. But, no, that drives me crazy is when... Like, you share the shop with a guy who's just throwing giant pieces of scrap into a garbage bag. It's like, I don't know, it's the garbage can. People think something magic happens at the opening of that garbage bag. Like, everything becomes a different shape once it falls inside of it. Yeah, they never, magically. They never realize, like, you got to pick it all up, pull it out, and when you pull it out, the slack in the bag, it slides past all those sharp edges. And you go, yeah, it's like the, the, the uh, slice to ribbons. 
it's it's like the psychopaths that put uh, knives pointy end up in the dishwasher. <laughs> psychopaths. Like, what, Wait, what you're not you supposed to, to put those in there anyways. Like, what what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Because you're they're lazy, that's why. I don't even use bags in my garbage in the well, workshop. If I, if I had a dumpster, I would do the same. We do have yeah, a dumpster, just but it's, it's just it more manageable. Dumpster. My, I use my, bags my in two of them, but the other ones I don't. My landlord lets me use his dumpster, thankfully. I mean, we, we don't produce that much trash where I'm at anyway, so... But it is Listen, nice. you don't want to have to deal with a, a dumpster disposal company because they'll make you sign the most ridiculously long contract. Like around here, you need a dumpster. It's like, oh, yeah, we need a 72-month contract. I'm like, <laughs> for what exactly do you think yeah. I'll be throwing away for that long? They, uh, I, just had a, I just had to pay for my, my trash to pick up at the house for one year ahead because Taylor never pays the bill because she's just a little bit lackadaisical. And every time I go to throw something away, there's like an old screwed up envelope scotch taped to my garbage can, which says, please pay the bill. And then I hand it to Taylor. And then I find it like on the floor under her, the floor mat of a car like two weeks later. I'm like, you didn't no, pay the shit? She's like, oh, yeah, I got to pay that. So just Is to that shut not them up. part of your taxes there? Or? No, 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 no. I'm in like the rural area. Everything's paid for. You got to pay for pickup. We don't have that in this, so you, not in this county. So, so they made you pay a year in advance. Yeah. It's all, it was like, I don't even know. It's like, it's like. 20 bucks a week, maybe less. I don't even know. Oh, my God. What is that? Is that a little jeweler's stand? No, that's a... Uh, you would put buffing wheels on yeah, that. Yeah, it's a little jeweler's buffing wheel stand. Yeah. That's Cast beautiful. iron, too, baby. Wow. That's beautiful. That is tiny. Check this Oilers out down here. Next! Where is that to hang? Down? Is that to hang for... from, like, a, under a workbench? Or the Oilers just keep... Uh, yeah, why are they upside down? Oh, I guess they just keep your oil in them and the capillary action pulls them up into the axle. This is a grease oiler, you know, where oh, you, when you, you spin you it, push it pushes it. grease in there. I was just I letting y'all talk because eventually the two of you would get to what it does. Well, you said it was an oiler. Yeah. When no, it's really... So I, uh, okay. It's a greaser. But that it's is the buffing wheel stand. So, it is, yeah. It was run off a flat belt. Because it's, it's, you know. it's got the tapered edges. Yeah. My sister's a jeweler, and she has those on a, on a motor mount, you know, like on a Beaumont motor. Um, not a Beaumont, what do you call them? A Baldor motor, and you got the, the tapered things, so you, and you got to have a left and right. You can't, they're not the same. Right. You got to have a left side and a right side, so that when you put right. the, the buffing wheel on, it sucks it into the tightness on either side. Yes, yes. So uh, last weekend, I hosted the uh, Model T Car Collectors Annual Meeting at my shop. Uh, no kidding. Cool. Yeah, I invited them to come. There was about 45. Because you don't have a Model T and you're not a member of the club. But did you Instagram it? I didn't see. No, so here was the the deal. The Dallas one. Yes, Dallas, Texas. And uh, literally like a tsunami came that morning. Oh, it got rained out. And it. No, it didn't get rained out. A couple of them brought their cars, but the rest of them drove their modern cars. But then they all stayed in my shop and were so like, couldn't believe the stuff that I've accumulated. They're oh, like, how can you be that young? And like, where did you get all this stuff? And da, 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 da. they stayed for like four and a half hours too. Do you still have that awesome. model? Did you buy that model T, the one that was in the field? Didn't you buy one a couple months I, back? Yeah. Yeah. I bought that one. Sold that one. Have... I got a different one. I oh, got a different did. one now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, 
the first one I bought, I liked, but another friend of mine liked it more. Mm-hmm. So he got it, you know. That how it goes. Plus, it was only a two-seater, and my boys wanted to ride in it, and I just didn't have oh. space for them. That's cute. Anyway, so Model T Car Collector Club, they they were hilarious, man. You know, all of them are quite a bit older, like in their 70s, 80s, whatever. Yeah, it's the old guys that like those cars. I got more leads for old tools from those guys. Holy crap. Yeah, I bet. One guy gave me a lathe. He's like, just come pick it up. Oh. You can have it. And I was I like, got, you, you got it. We could talk about this on Hot on the Horizon because I – well, this afternoon I'm going to this guy's barn. I don't know what's there, but I went to a meeting at Cornell Tech the other day. I, I did a lecture and I did a critique in a class, a design class, at Cornell Tech in Manhattan. Everybody's PhDs and, and doctorate students. Everyone's PhD and master students there. And at, at my round table during lunch, you guys are both so excited for the story. One of the women goes, my, my dad passed away recently, and, she, and she's older, so her dad was way older. And he was the last one to die of all his friends, so all of his friends gave him his tools. She goes, oh, now we're going through his stuff. We don't know what to do with any of it. Do you want it all? <laughs> Where do you, well, goes, I mean, how do you respond to that? <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, he's got like 15 vices, and she held her off. She's like, from this size to like this size. And, she, and I just pictured like, a, like an eight-inch post vice. And and the little tiny Wilton vice, the one that's like a thousand dollars, like you had the other day. Because yeah. he's got one this big and he's got one this big, and she held her arms really far apart. She goes, he's got like fifteen of them. What is he going to do with all those vices? And I go, you give them to me. That's what he's going to do with. Well, Jimmy, how come you haven't gone there to pick them up yet? She's I I exchanged information with her. She's got she's with her siblings. They're sorting it all out. She's like, if you can take it all and find good homes for all this stuff, I said, if you give me that stuff, it will all get used and good help. And she said, awesome. She's like, it's a deal. I like how you turn it around. Like, if you can take it and find good homes for it, yes, I will take it, and it will all get used. <laughs> <laughs> the home will be mine. Yeah, never mind whose house it will be in mine. Thank you. Yeah, so that's exciting. I don't know what that's going to lead to, but it sounds like a good honey hole. We'll see. Go get them, dude. You never know. That's yeah. funny. Maybe the Bugatti Vice will be in there. Ooh, which one I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, the Bugatti or the Pittsburgh. These are know, the railroad vices? Pound. These are the railroad the vices Bu- you're in search of? These are two vices that I don't have. The Bugatti <laughs> vice I desire a lot. The last one I tried to buy went to Sotheby's auction, and I quit bidding at $17,000 on it. Oh, Jeez. my goodness gracious. And yeah. tell us a little bit about the Bugatti vice. Does it have uh, going doors? Like, what does it have? No, it's a really, it's a tail slide. It's a really uh, sophisticated, nice bench vice. It, they're all typically really nice because in the Bugatti factory, there was a man that was hired, and his job was to listen. If you dropped a tool, he would walk over and you would be fired. You would be excused from your job. <laughs> I'm serious. And at the end of the day, all the vices had to be closed at every workstation, and he would check for any markings on the vice. Like, if you put a saw mark on it or a file mark on it, you would be fired. excused. Like, you're done. You're fired. What happens if you throw a milkshake away? In that it seems shot? like a great work environment. Well, it's why their things are so perfect. Uh, in regards to the milkshake, I don't think they would probably allow milkshakes in that factory. <laughs> yeah, because they bring all the boys to the yard. So people have found the Bugatti vice. The Pittsburgh vice... <laughs> 
there's like four or five of the small ones that have been found. Jimmy, if you don't listen to my story, I'll swear to God, I'll waterboard you. <laughs> I'm going to look up a Bugatti vice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I picked up my phone. The Pittsburgh vice. There's one that's 700 pounds that has a 360 degree swiveling head that you have to stand on a block of wood to use. Cause it's so freaking yeah, big and nobody's found it. And I promise you, if somebody finds it, it will bring a ridiculous number. Wow. That's nuts. That's the Bugatti big. vice. Digress. Shut your mouth, boy. <laughs> too big. Are you kidding me? Just does this thing is too big in the vice world. <laughs> So Bugatti. Okay, back to Tell the me. Bugatti vice. Not only did it. How do you spell was Bugatti? B-U-G-A-T-T-I. Yeah, whatever. Just say Siri, Google the Bugatti vice, and she'll do it. Anyways, um, the Bugatti vice actually was on a workbench that had these really cool Bugatti cast legs also. And if you get the whole set, like the, the legs, the table, and the vice, dude, you've yeah. really got something. You a win. Bugatti, a Bugatti vice looks like a, a, a looks like a, a Wilson. Same, similar style. Oh, oh no, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw a photo up for the listeners. It looks like a Wilton with a flat thing on the back. There's a bunch with and without the the, the hammer back. Yeah, yeah. You've mm, you've yeah. greatly offended him. Are you looking yeah, for I mean, Bugatti that's, that looks like this one? That's like a traditional style of ice, or what? No, that's not a that's a reed, you monkey. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, it says reed on it. Sorry. Good lord! She, like Look show me a picture of like. Yeah. What about this yeah. banana? Oh! 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 I just came one. in my pants. I came in my pants. A 1920s engine workbench for ice Bugatti. The brass, the blackness, the red logo. Oh! Damn, that's a nice vice. Whoa, look at this one. Bugatti vices. That looks like it's huge. Look at that. Hmm. So uh, I was down at Jesse James' shop the other day, and oh, yeah, I was sit, sitting there on the table, and I like, Jesse, um, can I talk you out of your Bugatti vice? <laughs> and he just looked at me, and he didn't say a word, <laughs> which was like the same thing as saying, like, shut your mouth, boy. Don't, don't speak. To don't me even. Again. Don't even look Wait, at my Bugatti vice. Is this is this Jesse James shop and his Bugatti vice? This picture. Is there, there's a 911 sitting on it. Mm, I can't tell on that picture. But is that? I don't the think so because his is sitting on with the workbenches or the toolboxes on the same side. Uh, I'm sorry. A 1911 is a gun. There's a rack sitting on it. You see the slider on top of that? Yeah. Eric, no, I think his, about. his is different than that. Uh, but yeah, he wouldn't let me do it. He wouldn't let me talk him out of it. Wouldn't let wow. me touch it, actually. So maybe, maybe she has 11 Bugatti vices. Could you imagine? Well, she said they have about 15 vices for sale. So for how, taking, no, for the how many Bugatti vices are there? Oh, I, maybe. I only know like two or three. Wow. Uh, you know, but I'm sure there's a lot of them out there, like everything. You know, I can say, oh, yeah, this is the only one known. But if people knew what they had, you know, there would be a lot more out there of course jimmy google the bugatti vice table and legs oh no that that's really worth checking out because it's uh it's really something when were they where were they made that's right that's right totally <laughs> where were they made in america uh, this this crazy looking thing 
It wouldn't be made in totally. Italy. Yeah, look at that. It's Very ridiculous. Nice. Looks like a barbecue table. If you got that table, that the legs, the both vice, I mean, that's fifty thousand dollars right there. Jeez. No. Easy. This one looks like it was restored. It's like super nice, but you see that has the money. The Bugatti logo looks like a hot dog logo on everything. It, Eric, to answer the question, the people that have the money that buy that right there are the ones that are also collecting the two and three million dollar cars. I mean, yeah, you know, they want the full. It's an accessory. Market. They're the yeah. ones play, paying fifty grand for a gas pump, a visible gas pump, and yeah, it's nothing. Signs, literally like, nothing. And they they go to work, and people pay them like a million dollars just to show up. And here I am trying to sell a power hammer, like a loser. Oh, by the way, I want to congratulate <laughs> you on on what? Oh, on selling it? Yeah, that was good, man. I'm proud uh, of you. Thank you. Did you get what you wanted for it? Yeah. Which is good. good. I'm excited. He's going to come. Listen, and- that was a good hammer. You did a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let me tell you something. I've noticed that more and more people are starting to re- rebuild, restore, whatever you guys want to call it, power hammers. And it's quite actually uh, discouraging or disappointing to see kind of the end result that some of them come up with. And oh, yours was amazing. Yours was perfect. I loved it. But some people really just have no clue what they're doing, and they paint them, and they make them look good. Like but mechanically, they're them, the biggest piece of crap. If you painted them some weird copper color? Yeah, like I did the other day. Couldn't believe that. <laughs> you go look at the mechanical portion of that hammer, though, versus don't just take the paint job out of the equation. Yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, what I'm getting at. Well, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. That's only because I called you, like, every day, being like, "Do I? did I break this? No, I was. you can call me. I don't care 24-7. I'll Is talk about that. machine? But he's coming from Edmonton to come and pick it up uh, in a few weeks. Did you get your That's price? Good. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Jimmy, while you were on your phone, we went over that. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I was looking at Bugatti barbecues. There's a whole new. Oh, okay. What is a Bugatti barbecue? I'm joking. The table legs remind me oh. of a barbecue. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, so like wait. A, I'm glad I might to have been, barbecue. I might have huh? been busy ignoring you, but where's the, the Bugattis were made? Where? Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Where America? America? I don't really know on the Bugattis. For some reason, I just don't know. Huh? Can't tell you that. Right Eric, are you smoking an e-cigarette? No, it's a punch. A leather punch. The leather oh. punch. Oh, it's from Harbor yeah. Freight too. Junk. Throw it away. No, now that the <laughs> hammer, now that the hammer will be gone. I can work on the next power hammer. So that you know what just popped into my head, Jimmy? Oh my God, this is gonna be so fun! When I come July 10th to your shop, yeah. the first thing I'm gonna do is have a dumpster delivered, and I'm gonna throw away all your Harbor Freight shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Everything have that much. Everything is Chinese. I'm just gonna throw it away. Just throw it away. What are you doing? I just, just throwing, it's throwing garbage. away stuff. I just have consumables. Mostly just consumables from there. I don't really have too many tools from there. Do you know Do they consume themselves without using them? The TV show did let me take some tools home, and three boxes showed up yesterday. It's very nice. <laughs> How many boxes did they actually let you take? Well, I had a very vague conversation with one of the producers. <laughs> one, but three showed up. Thank you, management. No, well, well, when I first got there, they gave me a full set of DeWalt tools, you know, like the whatever, the seven, $800 box from Home Depot with all the different accessories in it. And they said, uh, this yep. is yours. This is yours to use. And then about an hour later, somebody gave me a, a drill and a drive and said, hey, this is yours to use. So I just didn't touch the other set at all. I kept it in my 
my drawer. I never touched it, and I didn't let anybody else touch it. So when I was packing up to leave, I had some of my own personal things. I had too much stuff I acquired. My my buddy works for Pelican Case, so I went to the Pelican factory, and he gave me a bunch of stuff. And so I had to put it all in boxes. And I said, uh, I said to the producer, I was like, uh, I go, yeah, you know, one of the guys gave me some stuff. Uh, Can I? Can I take it home or should I put it back in inventory? Because they were packing up everything to go to inventory. And uh, she goes, did they buy it for you? Like kind of slyly and kind of kind of like like with like a wink and a nod. I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, then you could take it home. And yeah. I'm like, awesome. So I packed up Perfect. two boxes worth of stuff. Thank you. 60-volt batteries. Job. 60 volt the batteries. The 60-volt batteries are expensive. I know. I got five brand new ones. Thank you. I'll take two. Thank you. I'll pay the postage. Thank you. Is that, is that what happens when you hang out with your brother? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My brother says thank you a lot. Oh, I packed up my bandsaw. I didn't have time to put it on a pallet, so I'm sure it's going to arrive broken. I'm leaving that in my No. Place. No, but I got a chance to see. I, I stretch wrapped it up so all the broken parts would at least stay inside of the mummification of it. So. I have anxiety about this already. How in the hell were you there for 45 days? You and you didn't find time to package up your freaking bandsaw that, that you won't find another one of tomorrow. This is the problem. My brother rents a shop that is just full of junk. The woman he rents from is a hoarder. So his little space he's carved out is, is not great, but it's good enough for him. And you can't put a pallet on the ground and have a pallet fork pick it up. You, I have to pack the thing at the door to the, to the lot when it's ready to go. Because right. if I put it at the door to the lot, it's basically going to block the door to the lot because... This is somebody with mental illness. The woman that runs this place has mental illness. There's stuff that should be thrown away. It is yeah. a giant lot full of junk, like old weathered chair frames that every one of them is junk because they might have been cool the day she found them, but now it's three years later. They've been out in the weather and rain, and all the joints are opened, and all the, all the, the, the uh, where it's spliced is all splitting apart. So to pack the bandsaw on a pallet, it had to be at the entrance to the gate, ready to go. So I said to my brother, I'm going to leave this in your hands because there's no t- I couldn't really find the time to do it. And I gave him a drawing, explicitly how to pin it down with five, four or five ratchet straps, where and how to do it, and how to reinforce the pallet. So I said, you do that, and when you're ready, I'll call on a guy to come pick it up. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, well, I mean, you've done what you had time to do. Well, you can always braze cast iron back together. <laughs> we just know it's not going to fucking get here. Right? <laughs> I swear, I mean, we need to find someone that actually casts iron on the regular for like a reasonable price. There is a guy. I got to pause. Oh, I know they my, exist. My, I just my, need, I need like to know a guy. I got to take this call. So you guys talk amongst yourself. I'm going to. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. there's a guy. Uh, uh, What's his name? Clark Esterling. He does one-off pieces. Super cool. Uh, I think that's like, can, right. can I just set this up in my own little workshop? Yeah, Clark. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy Hill Foundry. I'll give you his number, dude. He'll like if you need just one thing, he'll just do it for you. No, but I, I want it like all the time. Oh well, then you need to probably get your own foundry. Yeah, I heard. That's probably what I need to do. So you went from one guy to now owning another business. <laughs> it's just fine. like, how do I... Uh, there's just so much potential when you can cast iron. So many right. fun things to do. Yeah. Casting 
steal. I need somebody to That's, cast yes. steal. That would be a monster level. I'm Tough trying fun. to help uh, yeah. Little Giant find a new foundry to cast steel for them because the old foundry that they used is no longer going to be doing that. And For everything but the frame? Or are they going to do the frame? Correct. No, not the frame. Everything but the frame, yeah. Are they ever going to do the frame? No. The molds, the foundry molds have all been donated to a museum, the ones that were left. And the only foundry molds that exist still in Little Giant's hands are part mold, you know, the, the foundry part flywheels and well, well, things of that nature. Say that again? You could probably remake the main uh, frame molds if you really wanted to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but the originals wouldn't be available. That's not a big deal, though. No, I don't think that's that that level of demand. Is but you think about the cost of oh my god casting that, then machining everything. Oh, I mean, it would be twenty twenty five thousand dollar hammer, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. I want to cast yeah. it entirely in forty one forty. You could do that. You could do that. Or stainless steel. I think stainless would be kind of obnoxious, especially for uh, drilling and machining. That's why you know. the best, the best of the solid Inconel frame. What is this well, for? A new man- power hammer? How about manganese? No, garbage. Get out of my face. Okay. <laughs> manganese. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. Inconel would be crazy though. Maybe Tell me could- why. Well, it's like, uh, it's just a nickel alloy. It's like the nickel alloy, um, corrosion resistant, heat, mainly heat resistant. Uh, it's very expensive. Wait, are you talking about making a power hammer? What are we talking about? I was on a phone call. Sorry. I was uh, just talking about recasting power hammer parts in like the oh. strongest possible steel. Is that a possibility? Andrew, would you well, ever do that? Everything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have no, you recast use, anything? I, no, no. I would just use chromium. Just solid chromium? Yeah. For, for no reason? Yeah, it's just because it's the hardest of all hard metals. Is did it, you, though? Did you do me I a favor, so. Andrew, and tell us the difference between cast steel and cast iron? Yes, one is steel and one, one is, is iron. <laughs> One has, right. has more carbon than the other. Moving on. So that would be the steel has more carbon than the cast no. iron. Iron has more carbon? Well, the cast iron has more carbon in it, yes. Then why is cast iron brittle and cracky? Because it has so much carbon in it. Is that really the case? Yeah, I don't know. He's looking yes. at me amazed like how stupid I am. He's still trying to figure out that I had a 400cc chainsaw. He's like, Geez, yes, at, at, at too much carbon, <laughs> it becomes brittle. Uh, oh, so what shoot. is steel? What is like, what is the, why would somebody do cast iron over steel? Is it, is it like a, a temperature thing? Like you can't get up to certain thousands of degrees or is it a, is it a money thing? Like it seems like steel is more durable because it's like, seems to be more elastic and, and not, yes. not cracky. The modulus of elasticity. So like, oh. why, why sometimes the tools cast steel and sometimes cast iron? Cast iron's cheaper. Is that really it? That's really it? Huh? If it's a decorative piece that won't take any stress, uh, then it's probably cast iron. 
Mm-hmm. But they do use cast iron under anvils, right? Underneath like a hard top. That's just to take an Some, impact. Yes. Yeah. Those, those like aren't. Duct, it's like it could be a ductile iron, which is still cast in place, but is not the cast iron that people like the gray iron that people are thinking of. Right. Pig like iron, the, as they call it. Yes, like most of the. I'm assuming most of the power hammer frames would be ductile iron. They actually don't know exactly what the composition of the uh, power hammers were because they were so poorly cast, you know. Yes, like when I had to drill the uh, Canadian Giant. Right. It, it drilled exactly like It turned into powder. It drilled oh, like cast yeah. iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's that ductile iron. Slightly better cast iron. Andrew, Andrew's pretending to be a sexual predator. <laughs> now look here. Mesh Melvin. Just oh, it's Melvin's hair forward. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Anybody want some candy? No. Hey, did you buy that Peterbilt the other day? That 1955 Peterbilt? No, my God. You know, I got so many responses to that thing. It's like, Dude, everyone's like, you got to buy that. You got to buy that. You got to buy that. I'm like, dude, it's, Why? It, no. Why? What am I going to do? This is not in my field. I put a picture of it up in case one of y'all wanted to buy it. I was doing it as a, as a, you know, a, a gratis to the end, you know, the end user, if you will. Is that thing worth anything? The I mean, guy wants 3500 like a... bucks for it. I don't oh, yeah. know. I mean, good yeah. Lord. That's probably like, fine. That's a big piece to store. That's crazy. Yeah, this is necessary. Yeah. <clears throat> it's amazing how Peterbilt still looks very much the same after all these many years. So I was the reason I was out in that area was because this company called Ventomatic that makes um, vents. fans. Oh. Yeah. Vent fan vents or vent fans. Has an old metal planer in their building and they, they oh, you know, yeah, so the one you gotta take the wall apart to get out. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it after all because they failed to tell me that the frame was Crack- cracked on it. Yeah. Cracky oh. McCrackerton? And really? supposedly some guys came in from Germany and rescraped the ways and all that after it cracked and what else, and it runs perfect and all that, but I am not spending the money to get it out of that building. No, moving it would ruin it. cracked frame freaking, you know, planer. I'm just not doing it. It's kind of yeah. a weird deal. How would, the, how would a frame like that crack? Is, did it crack in position? Like, did it get stressed from a hard piece of metal? Did it crash I think it? they probably dropped it, yeah, when they were moving it in. Yeah. It would be hard to crack something like that unless it was because of a, a crash, you know? Like, you could weld yeah. it back together, but it's a... They had. They had. I mean, it looked like Helen Keller had welded it back together. It was very, you know, yeah. stitchy, spotty. Amazingly, amazingly welded. Yeah. Did you did it you did, like, I, did I ever mention Brian Block? Do you guys know who Brian Block is? You see the yes. guy that dropped the big thing on the yeah, on the yeah. 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 So he was able to weld that whole uh that whole big crack back part. I think it was the motor mount broke right off that thing. He was able to weld it all put back together. It's pretty interesting how he did it. He put in the cast he 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 tapped and dyed a bunch of plugs and then welded all the plugs together. Oh, cool. I think I've seen that before. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. He basically it's a good made idea. The, the, the best he could out of a really shitty situation. Like a stitch, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're wanting to collect like tools 
or use tools, you don't want anything that's been broken. Mm-hmm. Generally. You know, so if you're going to spend money on something, let's get the best we can. It's funny. I was printing last night. If you guys saw my story, I was printing those wooden coins on my 1865 Gordon letterpress. And I have this piece of paper yes. on it that always, it, it's like a piece of paper that covers the platen. So last night I stripped it off for the first time since I got the machine to start a whole new one because it gets worn out. That's where you glue your, your, your bosses to and stuff. And the whole corner of the platen was broken off and re, reattached. I never noticed it. It was a repair that was done, obviously, 75 but years still, ago. But it was still dead flat? Oh, yeah. No, it was all sanded flat and nice. It's, uh, and it's on the corner, so it's not really interfering exactly with the printable area. But it's, it was a cast. It's a cast platen that has like fins. Like It's a square face. But all the meat is like right in the middle in the back. So this corner had broken completely off and somebody brazed it back on. It's a nice. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were making beer koozies. That's what I, (laughs) there were just wooden discs I got on eBay, uh, Amazon, Amabay. And I just, Brett set up that little file. I had my guy, I have a guy here who makes plates, print plates for me overnight. If I email him a graphic, I'll get the, in UPS the next day. Like by noon. It's crazy. So if I send it to wow. him before like five o'clock that night, he'll do it and send it to me. I'll get it the next day. It's pretty amazing. Wow. So that anyway, I, I had two of those plates made for that three-inch size wooden disc, and it worked out good. It, the, the ink bleeds a little bit on the wood. It's that it, it's crummy wood, though. I need to get better wood. I think if I printed it on pine, it would look better. But I need to get yeah. the, those discs. I had my version of your orange business cards made. Oh, nice! You got them done in. Uh... They're plastic. Oh, very nice. That's beautiful. Are they letterpress? Or they pr- no, then they're not letterpress. Then they're not like mine. Printer. Well, but they're plastic. Aren't yours plastic though? They're like plastic. Plastic like the orange ones. They're plastic like. Something you <laughs> except got their paper. No, you know what it is. I couldn't find out what that paper was because I've got that in the garbage, and I was able to print a bunch of stuff on them. I told you. I told you. I told you. What? I just said he got it for free under my voice. Yeah. Here they are. Garbage. Here they are. Garbage. Years ago, I, we were waiting to, for, to pick up outside a printing press in uptown New York, and the guys kept walking out with, with rolly carts full of garbage, and they were just putting them on the corner waiting for a, a d- dumpster to come. And I was like, what is this stuff? They go, oh, it's a printing press. These are all offcuts. And the printing press was up inside the building, and these guys were getting rid of a bunch of material. So I took whatever I can carry, and it was about 25 pounds of this orange paper. It was yeah. like 12, they were like 12 by 30 inch pieces. And I used it for years. And now that I'm printing, like if I had had this before I printed, I, I got it way before I ever got into the hobby of printing. That was the good stuff. I was using it for shims. I was using it for everything. And now I wish I could figure out what it is. The closest thing I got, somebody said it's called a railroad board. I sent it to my friend. Railroad My buddy Matt is a printer in Florida. And I sent him one card. I said, what the hell is this stuff? He said, yeah, I still have this one. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's that stuff. It's that shit, that railroad board, whatever. That's what he said he thinks it is. The orange. If you could figure whatever. it out, show it around to your, your specialists out there. So to my paper specialists? Could you hold that up again? Do you carry that with you everywhere you go? Look at how screwed uh, up it is. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just over I'm, here. I'm flattered. It looks like you just took it out of your top pocket. He no. did. Actually, he took it out of his anus. Yeah, I stored <laughs> it in t- my butt. It's beautiful. All the stenciling parts broken out of it like you can't stop chewing on it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it actually helped. It says resta now instead of deresta. Like like resta time. I'm honored. 
a moderate. It's glorious. Okay, hot, on, or off the horizon. For me, it's that drill press. You said, what is it called? An Avery? Avery? What is it, drill press? No, it doesn't have an R. It's an A-V-E-Y. A-V-E-Y. An AV drill press. That's hot for me, this guy. If he has it, I'll get it. But this afternoon, I'm going to a barn in Troy, New York, and the guy said there's a bunch of good stuff there. He sent me a bunch of hokey pictures, so I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in this trip. But there's a couple of okay. textured, couple of textured uh, benches. Like, like it looked like old leatherworking benches. Not, not because they're not sturdy, so it doesn't look like they had cast iron on them. Maybe just like kind of like handwork type of bench. Maybe shoe repair benches. I don't know. But they have a lot of texture on them, so I'm going to go look at those. And then uh, I might be getting, uh, you know, 13 okay, hold devices on. from Long Island. <laughs> That's what – okay. Let's just start with the level of priority where everything falls, okay? I'm going to say this is Andrew Alexandra. This is actually me speaking but using the words that Jimmy DeResta should have been saying, Okay. <laughs> I'm hot on the horizon. I'm Jimmy DeResta. And the very first thing I'm going to do is go find the woman that has the 13 vices from this size to this size. Yep. And I am going to make sure that I get all of the tools that her father has because all of his friends died and gave them to him. And I'm going to give them a nice place to work, not necessarily a good home That's to right. go to. They're going to live 20 feet. I'm going to bring them all into this room. It's going to be... Priority number one for you, Mr. Duresta. Thank you. And, and then I'll do that. Then after I'm done with that, in an hour from now, I'm going to go to this guy's place in Troy, New York, and see what he's got. Troy, New York. Yeah, that's like kind of like the industrial area up here. Isn't one there, there a Troy, Ohio? There is a Troy, Ohio. Yes, that's where they have the Hobart Sofa Convention every year. Is anybody going to the Spring Make event next week? Just me. I'm going with a bunch of guys, but. Next week is the spring no. make event in Columbus. No, I would go to stick around aggressively and like probably reduce productivity. Whoa! What is what does dicking around aggressively actually mean? It, it means that if you tried to tell me, okay, yo, let's go here and do this, I'd be like, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do. Oh, I see. No, the spring make event is. Is in Cleveland, so that's hot on the horizon for me. I'm going to drive to Cleveland. And Lincoln is helping me sponsor my welding classes. I'm going to get five TIG welders from Lincoln, I'm hoping. Or whatever Yo, else send I can one. steal. Send getting, one to me. I'm getting five TIG welders. They're going to be for the TIG welding class and some gear. And maybe a couple of weld tables from weldtable.com. Because they're that's going to awesome. be there too. So I, t I talked to them when I was in WorkbenchCon and they said, they said, oh, well, when we see you there, maybe we'll let you leave with a couple things. So I'm excited about that. And they, can they send me a plasma CNC? Yes. Oh, by the way, with my Hot on the Horizon, I also have my, uh, my CNC plasma that I had my goons move into the shop. If you guys need stuff cut, if you guys need stuff cut, just send me an illustration file and a size and thickness. That's it. Wanna, you know what I want to cut out? And you should probably try it. I want to cut out some alligator wrenches. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Machining after uh, it yeah, it's the plasma table is not very accurate. Yeah, we, we maybe we just like make the jaws just like a, a rando jaw, but then we could machine in the actual teeth. Uh, no, no, cut the teeth. Cut the teeth with laser. Angie's still trying to decide if this is a good idea. Uh, <laughs> just get some like uh, 
half inch 4140 and make the slice. What do you got hot on the rise in there, Beardomatic? Um, I have something that's hot off the horizon. I would love to get a Floby and trim your beard. Oh my God, look at what, that hair. What's a, what's a Floby? It's essentially a vacuum with laser knife cutting things, and it sucks it into the thing and cuts your hair at the same time. Interesting. For like a dog. No, for no, for like for like Honey (laughs) Boo Boo, dude. No, it's for you. Oh, really? It is a vacuum. You attach a vacuum to this like square plastic box. It's clear, so you can see through it, and you set the height. So the cutting heads are. Oh, it's like a razor. Yeah, a spinning like razor. When you, turn the, when you turn the vacuum on, it actuates the spinning razor. It's like yeah. a lawnmower above your head. And the clear plastic tube sets the distance. So you run so it over your head. So it's vacuum powered? It's vacuum powered totally. and it gets rid you of the cut hair. anything up. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you have an asbestos cutting shingle cutter behind you? You asked me that last time. Um, oh. Cent- Scott Wadsworth, Central Craftsman, sent me that. Oh, he's such a good guy. He is a very nice guy. I talked to him yesterday, actually. He is a guy, and he is very nice. Andrew, he made the he made possibly the worst decision of his life yesterday on the phone with me. Oh, what? Giving an anvil away? Which one? No, 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 no. I thought that was great. It was great. I'll let him tell you what he decided to pass on that I offered him for a killer deal. Oh God, yeah. I bet. I love you. If you send Andrew a picture of anything. He sees everything in the, in the whole thing. He's like a detective. I remember when I sent you a oh, picture yeah. of that band, so you go, ask about the lathe and the, ask about the planer <laughs> and the drill yeah, press. The I'm other like, stuff. what? What are you talking about? He goes, right in the background. And I looked at the picture I sent you, and there's a planer and a drill press right in the background. We should send him one of those, like, I spy books, see if oh, we can yeah. find all the good stuff. Yep. Uh, that, maybe, I should, maybe we should make an I spy tool book. Yeah, That's I'm down with one. that. That's a good one. I'm down with that. But very specific. I need to get my boys that your your um I'm not a pedophile book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's a that's a great book. <laughs> Zach, you, you you sold Zach of I Zach Herbavolts, his wife Tracy is a, writes children's books and and of course I know them just from hanging around with them. Oh, and, that's Zach from ZH Fabrication. His wife wrote that book. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Oh, that's and cool. Very she cool. had the idea to she contacted me. She goes, I want to write a book about you as a little kid. And you know we'll we'll promote it. Did you hang up on her instantly? Like no way. No 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 no. It's a great. She sent me the story. She had written the story. She wrote. She it was like about ninety percent complete. She sent me the story, and it's so sweet. It's basically about me being like you know, for lack of a better term, like a weirdo kid that makes stuff, and everyone's like, "What do you make stuff for? We can play video games, and we can go do digital stuff." And then I'm the only one that's still actually doing practical handmade stuff. I'm fixing things and making stuff out of garbage and then all the other kids in the neighborhood slowly start doing what I do and then we all have fun because we're not actually sitting on our computers we're actually doing stuff in the shop I love it's, it and I can't wait to see you reading this to a group of kindergartners yeah it's good and that it's actually it's catching steam I mean she said it, it's it's getting it's getting sold and we're selling copies I mean I don't know it's not going to be good I hope I hope are the most success of all times Thank you. It's really sweet. It's a great, 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 well-intended book for kids to, to get into the workshop and learn how to make stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And there's yeah, a couple cool. of little projects in the back with ice cream sticks. And it's for real little kids. And then, you know, who knows? If it's successful, maybe we'll do another one and another one. We'll do a sequel. I Make 2.0? Yeah. That's the name of the book, I Make, and it's about me as a little kid making stuff. It's really cute. I love Eric, it. Eric, you have, like, the coolest hair. You got a hair, like, you remember that, that rock video, I Want Candy? That cute 
girl that would sing on the beach? No. And she had like a thick mohawk. You have like a sexy no. thick mohawk. Like Are you talking about like... pink? Is that pink? No, no. This is like 1980. I'm uh, the name... oh, yeah. Sinead O'Connor? I don't no, know. No, good no, copyright no. strike. Okay. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about my April Fool's video. What did you do? Uh, I don't think I so I originally wanted to do something else. I didn't have time to do it, but I released basically a, a video essentially calling out um, in jest uh, a lot of other restoration channels that seemed to fake the rust on their tools. Oh, yeah. And it's been driving me nuts. And a, a lot of, I had, a, like, it was 99% positive comments. But there were some people that were that were seemingly, like, massively offended and, and claiming that I was, uh, like, attacking specific people. What really, like, that's not the case at all. And I don't care either way really it's just more I, I was surprised at how many people were like offended by it uh, like I was personally attacking them in, in some way wait till you but use that chainsaw yeah okay. it's more Those people need to grow a pair of balls come on people let's grow well, up here a little bit it's more like I'm, I'm in no way um, mad or I don't even know the right word how could you be mad you're the originator Yes, but nothing, like, nothing's original, really. Yeah, well, give or take, whatever. You're you know, the original one that was doing that. Yes, so but my, you know, I'm influenced by, you know, like, my channel's basically, you take Jimmy's channel, and you take AVE, and you throw in some primitive technology, and that's mm -hmm. basically my channel. You know, like, I hair. Influences. Yeah, more hair. I take influences from those and make my own videos. So, uh, you know, nothing's original. It's just surprising that some people were so offended by it that I had to mention it here on the podcast. I'm kind I of ashamed that you did, really. Boo to those yeah. people. I'm just more like stop faking the rust on your tools for thumbnail and view purposes. Like it's so stupid. Did you see, do you guys know who uh, Tom Lipton is? Oxo oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Tom yeah, yeah. just put up, uh, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but there's a, I saw the thumbnail of, uh, looks like a, uh, looks like a, a Chuck. Uh, what, do you, what do you call us? What, what is that Chuck? The company that makes all the Chuck? Yeah. Lay <laughs> Chuck with a taper. Jacobs, the Jacobs Chuck with a taper, with like a number two taper. It's yeah. super, super rusty, and he brings it back to life. I wonder. If yes. it, it looks like it's got ketchup sauce on it, like dried ketchup. Uh, I haven't seen the thumbnail. I have no idea. But I basically, if your thumbnail has orange rust on it, then it's very new rust. It's right. not old rust. Let's see. We got to. And like, if you're if you're purposely ruining tools with rust just so you can fix them, like, I think you need to think about what you're doing in life. <laughs> no, you need to waterboard yourself. Go waterboard yeah. yourself. Like, I, I understand that some people just want to make money, but it just drives me nuts that they have to ruin everything. This looks legit. This looks like something that was at the bottom of, like, a, a water bucket. So that's Tom's thumbnail. Yeah, like, that's not orange. 
A little bit. Like I'm talking. It's a little, it looks I like don't something think that, Tom Lipton's going to fake anything, really. He's no, he's, I don't think he is. But I'm just saying, like, pretty legit. this looks like something pretty that was legit. like at a flea market at the bottom of a bucket that got rained in, and yeah. then you take it out, and then it gets a little bit brighter orange on it because now it's like getting some fresh water. Well, you can just see in some of these, like they sprayed some sort of acid or even just water on it. And you could see like the streams of water that have dripped that are now rust colored. Like it's just so unnecessary and, and just like, why, why, did, why did people have to ruin everything? We, we couldn't, well, we can't just have, because, like, because they want, they want to get money for something that they see you making money off of. Yeah, fair. I understand that. And that's just, I guess the natural progression of uh how free enterprise. Are- yeah. But like, I wonder the now, reality of it is it's kind of disgusting. Like people, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know, and don't be an just, idiot. Why, why are you ruining something that was already in a better condition? You've made it worse just so you can bring it back to. Because a they're idiots worse. and they can't go find one that's in worse condition themselves. No, because they're now stuck in having to make a video every week or every other week. And they're slowly realizing that that's not sustainable and a, a bad idea. That's right. The, the thing well, that people need to understand is the three of us have made lifelong commitments to these things. Right. Yes. So it's not like we decided today all of a sudden that we're going to be hand tool rescue and we're going to restore the greatest, coolest things and share that with everybody. Like, dude, you didn't acquire all this crap last week. Yeah, exactly. This is a lifelong commitment. Jimmy hasn't gotten things free for the last 30 years for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> He's been planning. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dude. Yeah, uh, all right. So it's, we got to go because Jimmy's like going to his pocket knife collection. Next thing you know, we'll be on, <laughs> on to his Barbie dolls and whatever else he's got. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, boys, it's been real. It's been fun. I'm going to go eat lunch. Thank you so much for joining the Fitzall podcast where we talk about things sort of tool related. This was a good one. We were supposed to talk about drill presses and we talked about chainsaw, vices, and shop fires. It's good. Yeah. And butt stuff. And I heard the word cunnilingus. Uh, yeah, say such things. Who said that? I need to look that word up. See what I don't even think I need to. I don't even think I need to edit this. Oh, my God. Oh, you'll edit it. We are getting good if we're not editing. What he's trying to say is he's going to post it because he does not want to edit it. (laughs) He's so busy. I got to find Jimmy. I think I'm perfectly fine with that, dude. I'm fine with that. I got to find the anvil bings. Every time I go to every, so I haven't figured out a system yet. Every single time I go to edit these, it's like I start from scratch. I can't find the file from the previous episode. I just thought there's like seven files on three computers. I'd say podcast episode and i gotta go back and count how many episodes we did by the way episode seven was the last one and i know that because a lot of people had problems playing it and that was my fault because when i was in california i posted an mp4 not an mp3 so the mp4 doesn't play on certain players but i'm going to replace that episode with an mp3 uh-huh yes i'm glad thank you now that i'm because on certain players it didn't play yes we will okay gentlemen found it out from the guys been awesome Thank you. Yes, as always. I'll send you guys pictures from Troy, New York in about two hours. I'll tell you what I found. Send me. Oh, outstanding. Oh, and you guys have to Dropbox that file. You know, so let's try and do like an episode that doesn't sound like we're all talking through a telephone, through a banana Look phone. at the time. Look yes, at the time. I do that every time. 
All right, boys. See you later. In there. Get Arturo in there to help you drop box stuff. All righty. Google. All right. Love you guys. That's the kind of linguist.